0: Marty, are you feeling all right? No! No, I'm not feeling all right! I don't understand what damn thing is going on around here and why nobody can give me a simple straight answer. Oh, they must have hit you over the head hard this time.
1: Hey everybody welcome to Gundam at MHQ episode 54 this is uh Chris back from a uh, two episode hiatus uh, on vacation and uh, I'm joined by uh my regular minions minions huh <laughs> yeah minions
2: who, who's this on you the mic
1: you ain't ever getting you ain't ever getting rid of me whether you like it or not who,
2: who, who's this guy talking
0: <laughs> who uh did you- Did did you by any chance um, that when you opened up your luggage once you landed in Europe did uh, did the troll did he pop out or did you leave him at your home while you were gone
1: I think uh, I think he was seized by TSA customs
2: or did or
0: did he dragged
1: off dragged off uh, for uh, extraordinary rendition
2: (laughs) tasered endlessly
0: (laughs) don't tase me bro nice don't tase
2: me
1: don't tase me bro I'm just a hater just hating just Just hating
2: trolling and hating what I do. Nice. I'm glad to see he's in good hands.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he is.
0: Now, did, did you meet any men's men over there in, uh, in, uh, in, in Europe? Is it, was it like uh, a big like uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes Fest when you walked up to a, a German person and their name just appeared below them?
1: You know, uh, I was very disappointed air. that when, when people approached me and spoke to me in German, their name did not appear uh in, in midair beneath them. Oh damn. I was totally how, expecting that. How could you how could you uh function then
3: the I mean, you're so you. used to it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> See uh the the thing is um the entire economy is based upon beers. Oh okay. so you you say uh, I'll give you two beers for a sausage. Oh, okay. No not really. <laughs> But it, it may the economy may be running that way soon, given the way the euro's looking these days. So. Market value. <laughs> Yikes! Beer Yikes. bartering. Yeah. Like good old feudal times.
2: Yeah, you had you had the, quite the quite the drinko, drinking um adventure too, man. From what I remember um, seeing bits and pieces of, man. Oh, How's you have no idea. How's that German beer compared
1: to that watered down American beer, man? How is it? Man, it, hell, oh, it's delicious. <laughs> oh, did it knock you out? Oh. <laughs> I did have this one that was in it came in a, a 1 liter mug. Ooh, Ooh nice.
0: Yeah, Damn. 1 liter, huh?
1: And did even you just... though I even though I had it with dinner it did make me tipsy and uh, I could have gone for another liter. Did you drink out of any steins, man? Oh, I bought one, son. Man, that's what I'm talking about, man. You don't leave Germany without one. You
2: no,
3: don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. So um since we're, we're here on a, a beer dam, uh, what are we talking about today?
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's appropriate that we were just talking about alcohol because uh, we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be covering both Iron Man movies.
1: Both Iron Man movies? But we I, already covered the first Iron Man movie.
0: I know, but oh, some man. people are saying they can't hear it. So um, we, uh, we remastered obviously, it. Obviously, we, the
1: problem is with their systems. Yeah, we, we yeah. found
0: the master tapes and we remastered it for high-definition audio couldn't be that soul bro couldn't yeah. be that guy. <laughs> it could so, be us so we'll be doing the uh the iron man centric uh episode so all actually, right
1: it's it's uh, it's tony stark day get your beers out Ooh.
0: well actually for him it's like scotch oh but, <laughs>
1: but, hey man, anything anything day. goes anything goes when you're in when you're in for a fix oh yeah when you need it bad it's you know rubbing alcohol will work so <laughs> or mouthwash but so delicious mmm so, um, without wasting any further time, let's uh, jump to uh, Sam Donaldson at the uh, breaking news desk. Mm. <laughs> oh, where is he? <laughs> world World News Tonight.
0: Welcome to Gundam News. I'm your host, Neo. Well, got some good articles here from uh, some of our posters, and once again, I always thank everyone for uh, you know for submitting articles and uh, just continue to do that. And and if you haven't. Um, and you'd like to just go to the neo's listener submitted news thread and the gundam uh, forum and the mecha talk uh, forum so um, but the first one is and, and I'm sure this will trickle down to us uh, but it won't we probably won't get as much as what the Japanese are getting out. I hope we do um, but uh, this is from trickle person. down what
1: the BP oil <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 no no, not that no, this is from Japan up Brita- Britain so. Oh. But um, this is from one of our posters, Nasty Nate, and off the CosmicEra.com news blog, there's, they are now going to do the complete DVD box of Gundam 00 in Japan. It'll be released on the 27th. It'll have 10 discs. There's a bonus disc. A booklet and next summer's movies liner notes. So oh. that'll be kind of cool. What? Um, I'm still waiting for the blue mat or, or the blue map, but the Blu-ray version of this, because mm-hmm. that's why I've held off of um, buying 00, Is I'd like to have the Blu-ray. Uh,
1: well, you we're never getting that. And if I may <sighs> complain about Bandai, um, you know that they released season one in like three little mini collections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well unfortunately with season 2 which they of course did delay the way Bandai delays everything they release these days mm-hmm. they decided to uh, do season 2 in 4 releases oh awesome oh, just like they did with Code Geass R2 nice Well done. so now it's going to cost you more and you're going to wait longer to get your uh, DVDs if that is what you so desire awesome. <laughs> so what comes out first season 2 a
0: double O or Unicorn
1: <laughs> second
0: episode of Unicorn
1: well, the, the Season 2 finally is coming out, but uh, it's going to take longer because you have to factor in your typical one-month Bandai delay from when they always say they're going to release something, yeah. plus the fact that now it's four sets instead of three.
0: Or the, and, and let's not forget the unforeseen manufacturing error that'll uh, happen some way somehow. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yep. Somehow you'll, you'll put it in the DVD player and it'll spit it back out at you or something. So.
2: So we won't be seeing that DVD box set in America then um, for um, for another two three years then.
0: Yeah, we'll probably see it, but you won't get all the cool stuff they got in there. It's kind of cool that they're putting some liner notes uh, for the movie and uh, a booklet. I'm wondering, you know, the booklets are always kind of good because they give you all the information and stuff. I wonder what they have on the bonus DVDs. I mean, is it's you know, wow, backstage when they're recording the audio. Ooh, cool. <laughs> uh, that guy looks nothing like Setsna. <laughs> So, But uh, thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate. Um, our second one is from the Foul Sorceress. And remember the uh, the Char phone? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, there's something just as good, but not as good as the Sharphone phone that's coming out. And this comes from the Foul Sorceress. He got this off the Nikon ne- blog spot. And there is going to be a limited... Uh, there's going to be a phone uh, of the RX-78-2. Oh,
2: come on.
0: And it's going to also come with a 1-100... Um, Metal frame of oh. thing, so it looks pretty cool though. I mean, you, you look at it and it's all um, it's all kind of decked out here, and unfortunately everything's in Japanese, so I can't read it. So my I know I phone. should be able to read Japanese. But Will my cell
2: phone provider be carrying it? No,
0: no, not if it's um, disappointment yeah. <coughs> sets in and. And remember when, uh, and I'd just like to thank Mr. Foul Sorceress for that one. And remember when we had um, we, that declaration, what was it? It was no new Gundam in 2009, right? Or 2010. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, according, and I got this from a new poster, ARON0086, um, on the Nikon Blogspot, there's going to be a mysterious new Gundam project that began. Um, and there's there's a totally new website that they're basically it's just a page that says five eighteen two thousand ten Tuesday. So what was that? Do you even know what that was, Chris?
1: That was uh, the first oh. ever Gunpla anime. Okay. Oh, that, that's uh, right. A Couple of kids building Gundams, and you know, shenanigans happen. Did you see and it?
0: I did. Was it interesting? Or is it uh, about as interesting as your description was? I don't know. I mean,
1: uh, it's something to watch. So we got to get Aunt Andres on the show to review it, man. Maybe maybe I'll watch it for the lulls. I don't know. <laughs> I'm surpri- You know, it surprised me that it took 30 years to make uh, a gunpla anime. Yeah. yeah,
2: because there was a. a there's been a. Long, well, I wouldn't say long running, but in the early 80s, there was a, a manga yeah, that uh, covered about gunpla, and I'm trying to remember what it's called now. But
1: but gunpla uh, plastic- crazy Shiro.
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and um, I you figured that you know they would have made an anime of that sometime in between now and, and then and today. So, it, well, they're, they're bre- overdue. They're breaking new grounds in 2010.
0: We oh, had man. the first uh the first OVA taken from a novel, and now
2: we have the first Gunpla um show. It's so. like the 80s all over again, dude, with a cartoon based around a toy line. Man, nice hasn't it always been that way throwback man take <laughs> me back I guess it has been that way <laughs> just, just, a, just, just not as overt sometimes. just not as blatantly obvious as the summer round <laughs> well then kudos Bandai kudos And for all those, and uh, this is
0: from uh, Jabman025, and he got this off the Anime News Network. For all those people that uh, just like to, you know, rent things instead of, you know, buying it, on the PlayStation Network now, you're going to be able to get the first um, episode of Gundam Unicorn. Is available, and the standard definition version is going to be three ninety nine, and the HD uh, version is going to be five ninety nine. Nice. And uh, there's some other there's some other um, uh, that talks in this article. There's some other shows that are available for streaming. Hey, does Peter have um, an X? Is he on Xbox three sixty? He is. Or, oh, then I know he's uh, watched uh, Strike Witches because that's available on yeah, Xbox that's Live. So, and then other things like Crayon Shin-chan's also on there, uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation Network. So I guess this is going to be probably the next new wave of really getting some stuff out, and I, I think it's kind of a good thing. It seems that like everybody's now starting to realize that you know there might be other ways of getting this stuff over a lot sooner. But um, you know, so definitely check that out because I know um, Funimation's got a lot of titles on iTunes and all that too. So. But I'd just like to thank Mr. Jabman for his submissions. And like I said, anybody out there that has um article, you know, uh posted on the news, listener submitted news articles thread in the uh Mecca Talk Forum. So uh I will put this over to Chris for uh, I'm what's probably a very heavy mailbag. Oh. that he came back to you. A lot, a lot of stuff hanging out your mailbox, I would imagine, right?
1: Uh you could say that in a manner of speaking. So our first question comes from uh, Bertman, or Bertman, not sure which. And um, he says, uh, referring to uh, special number eight, that um, you recapped quite a bit of various Gundam deaths. Death by asteroid. Hilarious. I loved it. But it got me to thinking, what is the most gruesome mecha anime death scene? I'm sure the little girl's head being blown off by Bazooka and Space Runaway. Dan is in there, but what else? Also, I have a question. If we want to send something via mail to the hosts for Gundam, do you have a P.O. Box or something? So to the first... Well, I'll get the second question out of the way first. Uh, no, we don't have a P.O. Box... That you can send something to us, and uh, you know, for obvious reasons, we're not going to give out our home addresses. So, sorry.
2: <laughs> but it it, it it could be something that we um get in the future, and if we do, we'll definitely mention it in whatever episode we um, Stop that comes UPS up
1: store, around that time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, for uh, this question number one about um, most gruesome mecha anime death scene, why don't we uh, have Sobro answer that one first on the spot? Wow.
2: On the spot, huh? Um, the most gruesome that I that that you know, it, it's what comes to my mind first, and I think the um, the microwaving at uh, at Alaska in the Seed uh, in the original Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. Still comes out to me as some of the worst deaths I've ever seen. Just it, it, as quick as they were, just to see people's bodies explode because of microwaves, <laughs> because of all the radiation. Popping like Red and Bo- Orville, Orville oh. Rittenbacher's popcorn. Oh, my gosh. It was like, wow, that is... Once Suddenly you pop, you violent, can't stop. and you yeah. know, I didn't expect that much violence in Seed, but you know, you know, Seed had a lot. Of, uh, that, that, that's one of the things in that series that you, you thought know, this definitely was had a, this
0: was a dream teen drama <laughs> masquerading as a mech show. <laughs> no man, you they got wrong.
2: they got raw dog in that show, and um, that was that was pretty vile. But um, Neil, what would you what would you consider a pretty bad death? Um, a lot of the deaths in A Day
0: on Ooh. outside of the girl getting her head blown off, um, the, you know, the Basically, all of the main, especially uh, what uh, Corallo. She gets shot. She gets killed. Um, and the what was the guy that um, the guy that defected, Chris? GJ. GJ. His was pretty nasty too. But I'd have to say the cake. Was in <laughs> Megazone two three that second one oh. those tentacles with the captain when it just got real... Oh, hen- yeah that was it, pretty nasty I'm ashamed it of myself got real hentai and, <laughs> and kind of 80s ultra violence just really went through there Woo. that one still shocks me to this day thank you because you know in a lot of mecha a lot of mecha um, animes we just see a lot of people you know they just vaporize so it's it's not as much these people are just kind of pulled apart mm-hmm. so. That that's one that kind of shocks me. Uh, in a Gundam show, um, probably old boy in the beginning of Zeta, the one that gets kind of blown up. He's like a a nameless gym, uh, GM pilot, yeah. like at the beginning, and yeah. it was like they sh- just showed extra detail, of, like the guy just exploding and being ripped apart in his cockpit. I think it was the guy that bounced off the the uh, the floor of Green O <laughs> when Char was in there. So that one was pretty bad. So, but what about you, Chris?
1: Not uh, not quite Mecca, but uh, at some points in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, there's um, a lot of uh, red shirt deaths. They're oh. pretty gruesome. People being immolated, uh, people being like cut in half and crawling along the floor. Oh. Uh, people like trying to stuff their intestines back inside their body.
0: The one guy that gets um, fra- uh, flash fried against trying to open up the bl- uh, the bulkhead. Yeah, like, it just gets flash fried and his body's just stuck to the bulkhead.
1: Ugh. yeah that's 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 pretty nasty,
0: yeah, the dude crawling
1: was bad and it's also <laughs> nasty because um they had some pretty bloody depths before that, but just at this one point like in like the the forties or fifties, suddenly this whole wave of gruesome depths just appears it 's like what the hell yeah, so that, that and, one's and pretty
0: in typical Galactic Heroes fashion, everything was so detailed <laughs> too yeah. so
1: and um this next question uh is directed at only one third of us, so it should take uh two-thirds less time to answer. Is that so? Yes. <laughs> All
3: Presumably right. so. All right. So
1: uh, this, this one comes from uh, JCN caswell 76 and uh, he says, here's my question for Neo. What is your issue with Razaphon that you have disliked so much? By the way, before you answer this question, here's a list about this series for you to think about. Number one, Razafon is made by Studio Bones, the same studio that brought us FMA and Wolf's Reign. Number two, according to the director, Razafon is supposed to be the modern-day writing. Number three, not all anime reviews claim Razafon a clone of Evangelion. Number four, Razafon uses more elements from Megazone than Evangelion. Number five, Razafon borrows elements from other shows like Escaflone and Dual Parallel Trouble Adventures. And number six, Razafan adds various cultural and mythical references into this series. Granted that the director concurred some parts of the argument that current state in anime that the focus leans towards making safe remakes and creating new ones. Still, I believe Razafon is a better series than you claimed. Please car- Please clarify why your dislike toward that show. Thank you.
0: Well, based on his his bullet points and his comments... And- this, this is what I would say. Some people like things, some people don't. And I don't like Razafon. So, um, you know, if you like it, great. That's great. You know, but if, and I respect that, but I don't like it. So people should respect that too. And if there ever comes a point when uh we go down, you know, that we review Razafon, which I think is something that we do have on one of our lists that we'll do. Sometime in the future, I don't know how sooner or later we'll be doing
2: it. Mm-hmm. Then you'll get our an- your answer then.
0: Oh. So
2: and you you really don't help your point by bringing up uh, Wolf's Rain or um, I don't know what that's going to uh, do with anything. Uh, uh, Wolf's Rain or FMA because uh, Neil wasn't fans of the, both either of those series. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wolf's Rain I liked until the end. Yeah, I, I didn't like that ending. Yeah, and and FMA you just weren't on board
0: at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, just we'll because just be honest. <laughs> well, just because I'm not, you know, cr- crowning it the the greatest end all be all and and all that, maybe that, you know, that's that's the thing, but, you know, that's that's what it is. I mean, some people like it, some people don't. So.
1: All right. And uh our last question comes from our pal Vent Noir. Oh. And uh he says In my response to episode 44, I made the comment that in my opinion the Gundam franchise has gone backwards in its treatment of female characters as time has gone forward. I've stated that I think Tamino does a very good job with female characters, the 90s series had some good ones, and that Seed, slash Destiny, and 00 are the weakest series in this respect. Well, I thought Seed wasn't that bad in this respect, but I have a friend who begs to differ. Do you agree? So uh, we'll put uh, Neo on the spot again.
0: Mm-hmm. So going backwards, meaning that they're not as prominent or not as part of the. I big guess I would the, guess um, uh, story.
1: Probably in in depiction of. Um, I would
0: kind of agree with that. I, I think you know you saw especially with the uh, the end of Tamino's run, more and more women being the front line pilots and stuff. We, I mean, let's be honest, you didn't see that much in you know especially when he's talking about Seed uh, and Double O. I mean, outside of Soma Paris. Um, I really can't remember in those few little uh, innovator girls. um, I don't really see that many, um, you know, female pilots. Um, In terms of the story, though, I do see a lot of the women being in in different positions. Um, We see that in Double O. I mean, basically all of the people on the Ptolemais were all women um, in both seasons. Um, You know, Sumeragi was the commander. And, you know, you had Felt and Christina. And, you know, you had you had a lot of that going in there. But um, that's what he's going by. The pilot route, I would say, yeah, I think they have. I mean, um, especially for Sea Destiny, the most embarrassing thing is having Luna Maria. And they gave her a Gundam.
3: I mean, <laughs> that
0: really shamed Gundam in its essence. But um, I, I would agree with that uh, pilot-wise. But I think story-wise, maybe not as much. Because uh, even in O, you saw um, Kati. You know, she was one of the main commanders, right? Um, So you had a lot of that there, but uh, definitely pilot-wise, I think there's a. It does seem like they're going back in time a little bit, so to the. I mean, because you just don't have
2: that many. Okay, Solbro. I mean, if you if you remove uh, Destiny from the equation, then Kagali had potential. (laughs) But Destiny completely wrote that off. Um, Before that, though, I gotta say um, the last uh, Gundam series to come out that had really strong female pilots and leads was turn a and um and that was tamino driven so i i, I kind of got to agree with them until we get another series where we have a character like Sochi or a machine or or even um or well, you can never r- replace a machine i'm just saying i'm day hey, it just that's she's, she's like the, the the patron saint of female pilots
1: to me but whatever <laughs> I, emphasis <laughs> emphasis yours damn hey, it me to me. M E <laughs> for you and only you.
2: Hey, well I'm sorry for you, but um I, I I know there's other people out there that agree with me. But hey, you know, I, I, I gotta I gotta say that he's right. Um I gotta say that um his observation's on point. Hopefully that'll change in the near future.
1: Well, um I don't agree with um with Bent Noir, but before I get into why I don't, I okay. think we need to frame this properly. Okay. Uh, now, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's an example of – that the question is, is an example of cultural imperialism, but mm-hmm. it, um, I think it approaches the issue the wrong way because we have to keep in mind um, Japan has very different attitudes yeah. towards um, women than uh, we do in the West. And Certainly. even though things have changed, they're still, uh, in my view, more backwards over there when it yeah. comes to uh, treating women equally, equally especially uh, in the workplace. Right. So, uh, let's keep in mind that you know, all the anime you see coming out of Japan, it's made by the Japanese for the Japanese. It's not made yeah. for us and our attitudes and our beliefs. Very true. So, you know, to talk about you know, strong female characters or not in anime, it's not to say that you can't do that, but you have to understand that it's not made for people who have the belief system about women's rights and equality for women that we do in America. Again, I'm not saying that, you know, that it, you know, it's uh, barbarism in Japan with women in the kitchens, uh, you know, <laughs> making babies barefoot, but uh, there is yeah. still sexism there that's that's more of an issue than it is here. Obviously it's obviously still an issue here, but it's definitely more prevalent in in Japan. And there's you can still the a glass ceiling that women haven't broken through yet. That's and, true.
0: And you can see that in these shows and yeah. and that's, you know, where I I was saying the pilot-wise, I don't... It it does, it does seems about the same, um, but, you know, when it comes to the actual characters, I, I think some of the other characters, they, they've done a better job, so...
1: Yeah, so, you know, again, western-eastern attitudes is always going to be a, a problem when we're watching a medium that was not meant for us, that we're only the secondary audience for. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, when it comes to Gundam, I don't agree because, you know... Seed and Destiny can be pretty poor in portraying both sexes. Right? <laughs> you know, uh, Coggly was a good character in Seed, but then she got ruined in Destiny. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, Athren was a good character in Seed, but then he got wussified completely in Destiny. <laughs> and basically got stuck in a hamster wheel of character development, just spinning the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Shin went crazy by the end of Destiny. Ray went crazy by the end of Destiny. Uh, Talia was actually a very uh, reasonable and grounded character until she went crazy at the end and decided to, uh, you know, just run away from her ship and, you know, die with Durandal for no reason and, and abandon child. So I think Seed is just pretty bad with both sexes. Double O is not perfect, but uh, you know you've got a lot of prominent women in that yeah. show. Yeah. You, have, um, you know, mannequin is the commander of um you know a lot of the anti-gundam activity and she rises up through the ranks pretty highly you know and she is no nonsense and she does you know what she thinks is right and she doesn't mess around so i would say she's a good example of of a strong female character from double O. um you know captain jiggles she's uh, she's not perfect <laughs> but uh you know is a good character in that um you know she has these personal issues regarding uh you know, her boyfriend and, and that she uses uh, the booze as a clutch a la Tony Stark yeah. crutch for, um, you know, her personal problems. But she eventually gets over that and, you know, she always comes up with, you know, a good strategy to fight against pretty equally matched opponents like, uh, like Katie and Smirnoff. Then of course there's the issue of Soma Pyrrhus, but you know, you know all this weirdness about double personalities and all that. So we already talked about that enough in in uh, reviewing Double i I'm not getting into that again. But uh, you know, and now we got Unicorn, which only one episode is not quite enough. Hard to say with that, yeah, yeah, not quite enough to make any judgment. But um, on general, I would I would not agree with uh, with the opinion that uh, Gundam is going backwards.
2: Well said, Chris. Well said
1: so with that that wraps up this uh episode installment of the mailbag and we're going to take a quick break but we'll be right back to discuss the first iron man movie you're listening to gundam at MAHQ. Gun. damn it
3: Lorraine do you know how much perfectly good dough I've blown on this no good kid of yours huh I don't <laughs> three of
1: them oh no, this is Baku Asu. hey this is
3: Alvin Blade
1: hey everybody this is Mikhail from the uh, RRFDP podcast and uh, row, row fight the power we're here to uh, tell you about a podcast we have started uh, it is where us your hosts and most likely Saber will be here and we will talk about your news or whatever we deem we wish to talk about from the everyday to the uh, obscure so check us out at rrftppodcast.blogspot.com Podcast dot uh, and uh this is how we fight the power. Fight
3: the power
1: I'll admit them. The girl uh Jesse, she was pretty damn hot.
2: Everyone <coughs> wanted against her Vance
1: back. Then. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: If you say so, buddy.
1: That anime, it should be buried and it should never come out again. Yeah, I, I, I swear it, to f***ing oh, god, man. this anime is pure sh**. And people were looking at me, and one girl actually came up to me and said, What's a bankai? I was very, very tempted to say my penis. <laughs> Just gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice big shiny first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! God damn it!
3: Well, alright, you're a messy. Would you make me a medal too?
2: This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com.
0: Alright everyone, welcome back to uh, Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and uh, in today's uh, segment we're going to be talking about the 2008 uh, hit comic book movie, Iron Man. Well, that's our thoughts on on the 2008 hit movie, Iron Man, uh... And we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at Mahq. Just joking. <laughs> we had to do it one more time, but uh, this is the course. Hey, is- never,
1: never let a, a good gag die quickly.
0: Yes, um, and this is Neo. And of course, you heard Chris and. Uh, Adam Mm -hmm. or Solbro sitting here, and uh, we're going to be talking about even though we've done it before, uh, it's deja vu all over again. uh, But (laughs) since the recent uh, release of Iron Man 2 a few weeks ago and the hit status of that, we figured that we would do a kind of an all Iron Man segment. So this is the first part. Um, We're going to be talking about the 2008 movie Iron Man. Which um, really to go in the show plot or movie plot points just very quickly here. uh, This is an origin of the. Uh, Tony Stark, the billionaire weapons industrialist um, who gets hurt while in this incarnation, unlike in the comics. Well, in some of the comics now, because everything's been, has that rolling timeline in it now in Marvel. But, um, you know, uh, visiting some, visiting, trying to make a sale with military officials in Afghanistan, of course, gets hurt. He's imprisoned by these rebels. Uh, how he escapes is meeting a uh, professor that he's met before, Professor Nienzsen. Mm-hmm. They create basically a, a suit of armor uh, powered by the repulsor technology. Of course, Tony gets out of there and um, comes back to the States. A freed man, been out of out of action for a while, announces that he's trying to remake the image of Stark Industries as not just being a weapons manufacturer and is really holding tightly the, um, the secret of the Iron Man suit, especially uh, against some of the wishes of his, really at this point, his... Um, business partner uh, Obadiah Stane. Oh yeah. And uh, we see some, there's some twist and turn and we see in, in the end uh, Stain was the one who orchestrated this all kind of hit on uh, Tony's column back in Afghanistan. Uh, They're able to recover the original Iron Man armor which um, uh, Tony basically left in the desert. After uh, after he got rescued and uh, culminates in a battle between Owodaya, uh using his version of the Iron Man armor, which is uh, affectionately known as the Iron Monger, uh, which is a, a larger suit than even what Tony even what the Mark One was, and Tony of course fights him in the Mark Two, which is his upgraded version. So, um, but uh, before that's pretty much the plot. I'm not going to go too much any more into it, but. Um, I guess since uh, Chris is back, some of your thoughts on the uh, original Iron Man what was released in 2008.
1: It's the worst comic movie ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the talk. Even worse than Nick Fury, Agent <laughs> of Field, sh- starring
2: The Hoff. It's,
1: it's, worse, it's worse even than, than The Dark Knight. Oh man, now that's <laughs> true hate. <Ooh. laughs> Much as I don't like The Dark Knight, I would even say that. Ooh. Even worse than Spider-Man 3.
2: Oh, damn!
1: damn. Wow, that's, that's that is that is that is disturbing. disturbing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: now what? now that that annoying guy is gone, uh, killed, maybe we huh? can... yeah, just stabbed him. We can give our thoughts on on Iron Man without being uh, cursed and knock knock on wood. There I got go. I got it's both just, fingers crossed. <laughs> so you know, um, I went into this um, movie. Being aware of Iron Man and some of the backstory, but in terms of Marvel comics, uh, Iron Man was not someone that I really followed much. I was always more of a Spider-Man and X-Men kind of guy. So, you know, my approach to the movie was, you know, is this a good movie uh, as its own and also based on what I do know of Iron Man? So my perspective is a little bit different from, you know, movies that have come from comics that I read regularly, and I'm watching with a fine-tooth comb to see, like, okay, what did they do here, what did they do there? But uh, on those two counts, I felt that the movie was a great success. You know, I think a lot of people, myself included, were initially a little uh, worried about the casting of Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, because, you know, even though he's a great actor, it's very well known, all of his personal problems with uh, with drugs over the years, and, you know, he spent Frankly, a lot of like the the '90s and early 2000s being kind of like a has been, mm-hmm. and it just, he just seemed like one of these sad Hollywood tales that would just not end well of you know someone who's very gifted throwing everything away because of alcohol and drugs. Yeah. So, given that background, I thought is this the guy you want to have for like a major tentpole you know comic book action movie? But then once that first trailer actually came out showing him it's like good god this man is perfect for this role what what
0: what better way to portray an alcoholic a raging alcoholic with all the talent of the world than by a raging alcoholic former alcoholic with all the talent, talent of the world.
1: world pretty much you know the you know what what I thought would be the greatest liability instead became one of the greatest assets <laughs> and you know he just you know he just effortlessly captures uh the essence of tony stark you know the genius, the very smug, self satisfied, uh, supremely self confident businessman. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Smart ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to Definitely everyone. Sp- to everyone, yes. You know, uh, a guy who just, you know, goes through life at 200 miles an hour with little care for, you know, anything beyond what he enjoys doing. And he certainly captures that, uh, that naivete that, that, that um, you know, that comes with you know being a a gifted playboy who you know has this giant company and is involved in selling weapons all over the world but doesn't really worry about you know some of the small details like hey you know maybe our weapons are ending up in places where they shouldn't be
0: yeah and, and or the consequences of those weapons and
1: the consequences of of those weapons
0: because we see in the movie just uh just like in the comics he is actually injured uh, by his own weapon by his own weapon yep and uh you know, and that's the whole basis of pretty much why he creates the suit and uses the you know has the artificial uh, well, it's not artificial heart in this, but it's more of a a magnet to keep those shards coming into his uh, into his heart. So
2: this is an intelligent thing to um, to do for um I guess to 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 show the the reason why he needs the arc reactor, and 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 not for it to be uh you know too comic booky, you know, they just, they, they, well, that's the sp- reason in the comic book too. It's just, oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's just in the, I mean, the, the, the
0: I, unlike Chris, I've always been a Iron Man fan. I still read the comic now. I, but, um, you know, in the original, like volume one, uh, it was Vietnam yeah. and it was shrapnel from, I think either mortars or grenade or something like that. So it's pretty much the same thing. So Chris, anything else on your, didn't mean to interrupt you on your thoughts of Iron Man.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, also is a little bit of, uh, you know, I think pause, not just at Robert Downey Jr. at the beginning, but, uh, the fact that Jon Favreau was the director, mm-hmm. because if you look at his, uh, his resume, he's would never done anything quite like, uh, a big comic book action movie.
2: Yeah. I mean, the closest he got far out of his, um, his comfort zone was, uh, Zathura, which he, I think he did right before Iron Man. But, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I, he, he did have a few hits like Elf, um, I think that was probably his biggest hit before this movie. But
1: generally but, uh, speaking, when you yeah. think of Jon Favreau, you think of movies like Swingers. Yeah, yeah. or Made. <laughs> either, either one of those movies. That's what I think of first. But. So, you know, this uh, probably was a bit of a gamble on their part. But I would say as a whole, given how the movie turned out in terms of pacing, the special effects, the action, um, you know, it was a gamble that uh, turned out well. You know, it probably, given, given that Iron Man, you know, in, in the public's consciousness, he's not quite up there with guys like Batman and Superman and Spider-Man,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, given that he's sort of like B-level, yeah. it was probably yeah. uh, a good idea to get sort of a low-key guy instead of like a Michael Bay type because, you know, in, in those sorts of cases, you know, the, the publicity and the thought about those movies become more about the director than, you know, than about the actual movie itself. I mean, just look at, just look at, say, Revenge of the Fallen. You know, how much of what we think of Revenge of the Fallen is about Michael Bay rather than, you know, the actual merits of the movie itself. Not many. Robot <laughs> heaven. So, you know, Jon Favreau, he's... Obviously, he's in the movie as Happy Hogan, but mm. in a sense, he kind of just hides behind the camera and lets, you know, the movie do the talking for itself. And, you know, because this movie was such... A big hit, far beyond what uh, Marvel Studios was expecting, especially since this was their first movie producing themselves. Mm-hmm. It kind of elevated Iron Man to a much higher level of public consciousness oh, yeah. than he had been before. Because, like many other Marvel heroes, uh, you know, Iron Man's movie was in development hell for many, many, many years. Oh yeah. I mean, as far back as like the 90s, they were trying to make one of these movies and you know stumbled for the same reasons that a lot of these others. Did up until you know the first X Men movie kind of opened the door for all these comic book movies. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the first movie overall. There's a lot of a lot of good comedy. There's it's very easy to spot in action movies, uh, comedy that's just really lame and just falls flat. Right. Yeah. but it all works in uh in this movie because you know Robert Downey Jr is just such a charismatic guy. You know you just really believe that he is Tony Stark. You know he just makes that role come alive and you know you got a lot of other great actors in this movie. You got um Jeff Daniels taking a very surprising turn as as a villain because mm-hmm. you know that's not usually what he does. But I mean the way he looks as Obadiah Sin in this movie is almost unrecognizable. Yeah. I mean if you look at him the fact that he's of bigger and bulkier and he's got a goatee and he's bald he doesn't even look like uh like jeff jeff, bridges jeff, i said as, Jeff. Yeah, what the hell i yeah. think <laughs> but he doesn't even look like you typically expect jeff bridges to look
2: yeah if you if it, you put if you put a picture of him as obadiah staying next to him as the dude
3: yeah <laughs> it's I like, mean, it's night like and day
1: <laughs> if you look at him you can't recognize him aside from the voice because mm-hmm. it's just so different from what you're used to seeing uh jeff bridges as because He's also usually like the nice guy or the good guy or, you know, all of those things that Obadiah Stane is not. Yeah.
0: Well. But but that's I think that's why his character worked though too is because Obadiah has those you know he has he's Jekyll and Hyde you know he's he's nice in the face of the public I mean he even nice to lie to Tony but in the background he's just an evil manipulative guy.
1: Yeah, who's, having who's, having Jeff Bridges it makes it makes him kind of disarming. Yeah. So that you don't expect you know early on that he's going to be the bad guy behind everything. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of some interesting uh, you know red herring casting.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, also, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, she's obviously a big actress and you know usually headline mov- headlines movies herself. So you mm-hmm. know, you might think this was sort of like a step down for her to play the um, you know the long suffering assistant, but uh, you know she she really captures that um, that character of you know having such uh, pent up sexual frustration over yeah. Tony Stark as he nails almost anything that moves that isn't her. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. And and I think that was the best thing about it too was the chemistry between them because you could have done a lot of other things and that's, I think, what made the first movie such a great success because if you really look at it in the end for like a comic book movie and all that, it's very light on the special effects. There's not too much going on when it comes to, you know, there's a few scenes and of course the the finale, but the finale is even a little tame for a a comic book movie but what what made it work was it's the chemistry between all the characters uh the chemistry of robert downey jr and uh, jeff bridges you know that kind of father-son type of thing but then you know like we said he's very manipulative obadiah and then of course like you stated the whole um, the whole pent-up frustration of a uh, of a pepper pots um
1: you, know, you too. know one thing i like about iron man is it doesn't subscribe to the comic book movie formula of mm-hmm. we have to be blowing up everything at all times yeah
0: and and yeah. see for people that have read iron man that's the thing about it like you know a lot of times you i've always heard that it was like the poor man's batman because you know they're they're if you really look at it you know batman was first and you know iron man in a lot of ways is kind of the same thing but with a different message yeah. you know and, and in the end but um you know iron well, man in a,
1: in a way they're kind of the opposites because yeah. yeah they're both really rich guys who have toys but um you know whereas bruce wayne is batman Mm -hmm. you know batman is the real character and bruce wayne is the mask tony stark's the bigger character than iron man iron man is just the mask for tony stark because tony stark is always there all the time right so yes that's a very huge difference plus you know um just their whole backgrounds are different you know that man's just always got this sort of like, uh, you know, self-torturing survivor's guilt about yeah. his parents getting killed and, you know, that he has to he has to give power to
0: the powerless and all this and- give
1: power to the powerless, And he basically like in the kind of life that he leads, he's flagellating himself and making himself suffer because he feels that that's like part of what the job entails. Whereas, you know, Tony Stark is still Tony Stark, even yeah. after becoming Iron Man. And he still is a dick and he still is a womanizer yeah and, a drinker and a drinker which of course comes into play later but you know he still leads a pretty quote-unquote normal life for being a superhero instead of batman's dark brooding existence where he's you know so cold sometimes and distant from the rest of humanity yeah
0: and you know and and that's and that's the whole thing about it and you know I think that's what they really you really capture because it, it was like reading the comic because the comic is more about like you said it's Tony Stark as the character more than Iron Man. Iron Man's just, you know, kind of a a mask that he puts on sometimes when things get tough and, you know, when he's trying to do what he needs to do, save the world and all that. So, but
1: um one thing that I that I will say that uh, I did not like upon further reflection of watching the movie again and uh, watching part 2 which is that uh, you know I like Terrence Howard as an actor, mm-hmm. but in Iron Man, he's a whiny bitch. Really? Yes. He, you know. Yeah. When you when you watch it again, and especially when you compare him to to Don Cheadle in the same role, you know he just comes across as just such a whiny sissy, like. Like oh Tony why 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 are you you know you're late for your flight they're waiting for us in Afghanistan Tony and oh Tony there's you, you got strippers on the plane and oh Tony what are you doing why are you drinking so much oh yeah. Tony what you, you can't do this Tony it doesn't oh Tony I'm gonna ignore you now because you pissed me off Tony I mean you look at you look at just the way that he acts in that movie mm-hmm. and does he really project you know the um, the power and the authority of someone being in the military? Well, he's very,
0: a little unlike James Rhodes' even in the comics. And that was that was the one thing I didn't like is, you know, but they really never had, you never really had a point where he was more or less the liaison. Uh, you know, it's always like his service was after and he was working for Tony. But, you know, I guess it can't be perfect. But, um, you know, I do agree. I mean, but, but you know, I, I guess that was... Maybe that was their way of trying to have a straight man. You know, he was trying to be the straight man to Tony. And well, instead
1: of being the straight man, he was the whiny bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, obviously the whole issue of Terrence Howard is pretty controversial because there's a lot of behind-the-scenes issues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's all this talk about contract disputes of that's why he didn't come back for the second one. And right. Nobody knows for sure what what the reason is. I've I've read even before Iron Man, lots of of um, things indicating that uh, Terrence Howard just isn't easy to work with. Yeah, and um, you know it, it is true that a lot of the scenes that he filmed um, as Rhodes were cut from the movie, which you can see on the deleted scenes of of the yeah. Blu-ray. And there had been talk that uh, if he had come back for part two, that they were going to scale down the character and not even use him as war machine, just just have him kind of be there. Wow. So obviously there was this big high-profile thing of of him leaving, and i got to say, even though I'm not a big fan of movie recastings yeah. franchises, um, in this case I'll make an exception because Don Cheadle in this role is just way better. But we'll get to that when we talk about Iron Man <laughs> 2. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, uh, it didn't, didn't really it didn't really bother me the first time i saw in the theater because it was just sort of like you know, you're taking in the whole spectacle of all these things happening and yeah you know some details you just don't notice but then going back and seeing it again recently and then comparing it to iron man 2 it's very apparent yeah yeah so you know i do like him in other movies but he just was not a fit for for that role in that movie so and, bro oh i'm sorry Oh, oh, go ahead. That's, go it. ahead. <laughs> That's it. I, I just personally, if it could have happened another way, I would have preferred if Don Cheadle had been cast in the first movie and that he'd been in both. Makes you wonder why they didn't, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's not like he just you know appeared out of nowhere. I mean, Don yeah. Cheadle's been around for a long time, so yeah, yeah. who knows.
2: Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, um, I'll start off with the Terrence Howard thing, cause I was pretty upset when, um, the news broke about him, um, being replaced. Not knowing any of the behind-the-scenes stuff, just liking him in Iron Man, cause I thought he was a good contrast for, uh, uh, for Tony. You know, he was kind of the straight-laced uh, military guy. He was the, you know, he 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 told Tony at the casino, it was like we're leaving at such and such sharp. Don't be late. And he shows up three hours late. Of course, he's gonna be pissed. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I mean he's, it, but he's it,
1: just so whiny about it. But I mean, yeah.
2: that's Terrence Howard, man. He's kind of laid back, but at the same time, his delivery may have come off a little whiny. But I did like, the, I did like some moments with him in the movie, like when they got drunk on the plane and he's whining out on Tony about you know about the how, how how serious is he is about the military and you know those ba- the back and forth moments they had in this movie, I thought were pretty good. I think that they both are pretty gifted improvisers, and uh, the thing I love about the first movie is there's a lot of improvisation going on, and that's one of um. John Favreau's strengths with a lot of his movies is there's a lot of improv in his movies and this movie seems like an action comedy to me and he really took advantage of that with his actors and I think that they had a pretty good back and forth between each other. Now if there were some behind the scenes stuff going on I I know that Howard was the most paid actor in the first movie because you know yes
1: first person cast
2: they had had to pay Downey pretty little because the studio didn't want to back the movie because um, i I wouldn't say wanted, didn't want to back the movie, but any movie that Downey was in up to that point had to have a pretty high um insurance policy on him because of the fact that his you know his previous uh his activity previously on you know in his career but um
1: there's also a clause that um mm-hmm. he only gets paid a portion of his move of his uh salary until after the movie's done, yes you know yeah. in the event that he you know Wigs out and you know goes nuts and doesn't even finish filming the movie.
2: Exactly, which is why he's got a guy that he has that he had he employs to keep him straight. (laughs) There's a there's a I remember him being interviewed once and he talked about um he has someone that he um that he has in his employ that you know makes sure that he pretty much is babysat pretty much during the the shooting of a movie. But I mean he's he's pretty much uh, a a new man from the most of it. But getting back to Terrence Howard, he um I I liked him in the first movie. I looked forward to him being Iron I, I, I'm sorry. War Iron Machine? Machine. Iron Machine. That's right. <laughs> Look forward to him being the Iron Maiden. Is that the Chinese knockoff
0: model action figure? Iron Machine. Iron Machine. There you go. It Looks sounds exactly like, like it, right? War
2: Machine, but it's Iron Machine. <laughs> no, we're not taking your trademark. But... Uh... <laughs> For the most part, I enjoyed his performance. To me, him and Cheadle are two sides of the same coin. Um, Cheadle played it his own way, and I and we'll get more into that in the second movie. And I enjoyed Cheadle's performance too, but I did like Terrence Howard, and I, I like continuity and in casting in 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 a movie series. But I can see some of the reasons why the studio decided to go this route, and um, if anything, uh, this it is what it is now but um, as for the movie itself I like this movie a lot I, I, the thing I like about this movie the most is that there is those character moments with Tony where you get to know him and he's put in these desperate situations one after the next <laughs> when he's first of course captured by the uh, by the ten rings and he's forced to pretty much create that Iron Man suit in order to survive and to help him and um. what was the um, Jensen Pressure, Jensen. break out and then you know afterwards when he's back in um, civilization and he decides to uh, reroute his company's purposes, and and he goes and does these test test flights and test um testings of uh making a new Iron Man suit. The whole development of the whole Iron Man suit that we come to know is is such an interesting portion of that movie that you know it it, it exudes a lot of character and it gave Robert Downey a lot of uh time to to attach himself to or or attach him to the audience and you know all those scenes are very charming and his interactions with all the characters in the movie like Gwyneth Paltrow and Jeff Bridges and um, Terrence Howard and all the other characters you know it's you look forward to every scene because you don't know what's going to happen or what he's going to say or what he's going to do and um the movie was short on set pieces I know that was a big complaint from people but I think they came sparingly because you know you had to get you had to have time to get to know the character and get to see where he was going and and um you know see him become the superhero that we all know and um and enjoy but it, I think it was competently
1: directed well, you know mm-hmm. when it comes to that unfortunately you're always going to have uh, this segment of um, of fans if you want to call them that yeah that uh, when it comes to any comic book movie mm-hmm. they just want to see two hours of shit blowing up yeah they do and it's and, short attention span and, and theater and if, it's, and, and if it's an hour and 59 minutes of shit blowing up <laughs> it ain't enough for them <laughs> uh, so any,
2: anybody looking, looking for that go ahead
1: unfortunately a a lot of uh, Hollywood directors are only too happy to comply with that. You yeah. know, Michael Bay. We're looking at you, Michael. It's like, hey, <laughs> you, you want shit blown up for two and a half hours? I'll give it to you. Yeah, I, And then you end up with Revenge of the Fallen where there's so much crap ooh. blown up on the screen you can't even tell what's blowing up (laughs) so you know when it comes to people just whining about oh Mm -hmm. i pretty much dismiss that at hand because you know you just have these people who are just greedy and they just want more and more and nothing is ever enough for them and you know story is irrelevant and characters are irrelevant, and acting is irrelevant they just want to see stuff exploding and and when i look back
2: myself that's the same complaint on almost every origin superhero movie some people complained about that with Spider-Man. some people complained about that with batman begins so you know i yeah, you, you really, you really can never appease those people. They're not looking. They're not coming. They're looking for any kind of deep story or character development. They just want to see spectacle after spectacle. And um, if, if if you're that kind of person, then you probably love Revenge of the Fallen.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes there legitimately is cases where you mm-hmm. know it does happen that that there's not enough action, like yeah. you know Superman Returns. Yeah nothing happened in that movie
2: nothing did and and, and it had a, a, other movies to build off and of, it the, showed um, yeah, and it, yeah showed. And it was building off
1: it was building off of the, the donner two films Richard donner movies yeah but it was just really slow and you know not much going on not at all and it just so you know there's times where that that criticism is is legitimate and then other times where it's not which you know, I would say probably most of the time because like you said, a lot of people just complain about every origin movie. There's not enough of this going on, There's not enough exploding, <laughs> not, enough of this, not enough. Well what do you freaking expect? It's a it's an origin, origin movie. Film. It's gonna be very it's an story. Origin film. Film. Exactly. The yeah. whole point is that the guy does not start off in the costume <laughs> from minute one.
2: What do you want to see him pop out the womb in the suit? <laughs>
1: I I guess so. That'd be an interesting image. <laughs> an interesting image of a little SD Iron Man just punching his way out of, out of a womb out of the womb. <laughs> but... well
0: it, it just shows you though too a lot of people don't they haven't read the Iron Man comics because mm-hmm. for it's always been about Tony yeah it's always been about Tony's life and the torture that he goes through of you know being Iron Man and you know and and trying to re- uh, you know redesign his company. And trying to not be, um, you know, not to be remembered as a merchant of death and stuff like that. So I thought it had plenty of action because it it seemed just. It has a
1: good. It has a good level. It has a good level. And uh, like I was saying earlier about John Favreau, that's why I think he was probably a good choice for this. Movie instead of an action director yeah. because John Favreau is not an action director, but with these two movies he has proved that he can do action. Most definitely. I mean, because
0: unlike most superheroes, superheroes normally on, are, are about people that were like shunned from society, unknown. You know, Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, a guy, a geeky kind of guy in high school, not a lot of friends. And all of a sudden he gets, you know, he gets these powers. Mm-hmm. Well, Tony was a media Tony's darling. Tony's the complete opposite. Yeah. The guy is world known. He's a billionaire. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he does whatever he wants. And he's a super genius. Yeah, and he's a super <laughs> genius and all this stuff. And it just shows you that uh, of a lot of of lot of a lot the other characters in the comic books, he's one of the closest ones that you could see people in real life be. You know, if, if you had all that, you would act the same way. And, um you know i thought it was a great representation of the comic uh, originally when i heard the whole thing about robert downey jr unlike other people i thought it was perfect i remember that too i thought that i thought the same thing i'm yeah. like who better to have uh, portray an attic than an attic yeah i mean and um you know and and, and i think it worked and I, I think you know like i said the whole casting of gwyneth paltrow i'm not a huge fan of hers but you know the chemistry that there was they a had between her and Robert Downey Jr. You could feel it. There's am f- looking at you, Dark Knight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny thing that, 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 since you mentioned that, there's a funny thing about Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, Favreau said to her that, aren't you tired of being in all these, uh, independent, independent films where you play in period pieces and, you know, you know, all these, all these art house movies. Don't you want to do just a dumb movie for once? And she. <laughs> He kind of he with that with that spiel he kind of got her on board with this film and she worked out very well I was I was very I was kind of doubtful um, with her being in there but you know like I said with I was doubtful of Favreau being the director and um and RDJ being the lead so you know this movie the movie shut me the hell up when I saw that Comic Con trailer too but
0: let's see the, the the thing about it is is at
2: least in this something m- that frequently happens with you oh yeah, yeah. I, I, look I I can admit my mistakes though and I will <laughs> but
0: but the, but the but the thing about it that's great is the fact that we see in this you don't have it where they warm up to each other you can see the first interaction that you have between Tony and Pepper yeah you can already see that you know it was established there Tony you know with all the other characters it just seemed from the you know even from jump it seems maybe in the real life all these people got along well with each other yeah maybe with the accepted Terrence Howard oh. I don't know whatever <laughs> Well, whatever it is, but you could right. see that you know once they got done filming a the scene, they probably went off to the side, and maybe were joking and laughing when they're you know whatever. So I think that's I think that's the that's the essence of what it captures. And uh, I you know when it came to action, I mean you know I'm am a big proponent of big action films, but come on, I mean it, it had enough. It, what you know wasn't a huge probably wasn't a huge budget for it because they didn't know yeah. i mean that this was one of, and sometimes you don't need uh hundreds of millions of dollars to make a good movie yeah and, and even a good <laughs> don't home. tell
1: michael bay that
0: well that, but that's a different story <laughs> depends what depends what movie it is but i mean but like you said though michael michael bay is hired to do big action movies he's the big action exploding guy yeah you know john favreau
2: you know,
3: he was, he's, he's he was a little bit different. He's so. better off with
2: character interaction. And I, I, I gotta say, they cast this movie pretty well. I mean, if anything, out of all the origin comic book movies I've seen, this is probably the best casted. And, um, you're right. I mean, Favreau can play it down as opposed to, um, Michael Bay, who, you know, he's gotta have that spectacle of the explosion and, and the set piece. And, but,
0: and, but the, but the other thing too is, you know, Tony is, you know, like, like you stated, Tony is a dick. Tony is a smartass. You know, he, <laughs> He knows he's got all the money. He knows he's the most brilliant man in the room. Right. And he doesn't he, he doesn't have a problem letting people forget, you know, to tell them that. You know, don't forget, I'm the most, I got all the money. Don't forget, I'm the brightest one here. And they conveyed that. And they conveyed the other thing of Iron Man that's always been a, a constant thing is Iron Man's stories are usually, um, somehow it's all about corporate espionage and sabotage. Yep. And all those stories are somehow tied to that uh for the most part most of his villains are you know because of rival companies or rival CEOs and stuff like that and and they captured that and they captured that with Obadiah but um you know anything else on uh the first iron man before we uh complete this segment
1: well we we can't uh talk about this movie without talking about Nick Fury oh, oh that's true oh man the the, the <laughs> two minute thing at the end but uh you know for those who are not familiar with um you know the, what the big deal is about Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Uh, you know, very quickly, when uh, when, ult- when um, Marvel was rolling out its Ultimate line of comic books about ten years ago, you know they changed uh, Nick Fury from being an old white dude mm-hmm. <laughs> to a guy who looks exactly like Samuel L. Jackson. Spot to on. The, to the point that I believe they actually did have to get his permission uh, to use a likeness because you look at Nick Fury in any of. Uh, Ultimate the Ultimate Comics, comics. Yeah. even as far back as 10 years ago, it's freaking Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> with an eyepatch and a trench coat. There's just no doubt about it.
0: When I first saw him in Ultimate Spider-Man and X-Men, I was like, that's Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, usually, sometimes you can see in, in comics books, uh, you know, characters who resemble mm-hmm. an actor or someone, but never to this level as uh, Nick Fury in The Ultimate Line did. I mean, and it even, was just,
0: even when they depict the presidents, whatever president's sitting in mm-hmm. on that point whenever the comic is published, they'll look kind of like that president, but not exactly. But <laughs> also the, you got that whole public domain thing. But it, this one was just like uncanny. It's like you see it and it's just like, that's, that's Samuel L.
1: Yeah. So I think that uh, you know having a badass like Samuel L. Jackson play Nick Fury probably um, you know revived a lot of interest in the character. Yeah. Because before he was just another white dude like in ten thousand comic books. Yeah. <laughs> because as as we well know, you know even in these days, there's just not a lot of black guys in comic books. Not, not at all. I mean, if we're looking at Luke Cage and.
2: <laughs> Rody and I have and, and a handful and else blade and yeah. you know
1: just a couple of other guys and that's it they killed they so, killed Black Goliath in Civil War god so. dang it man <laughs> so you know Nick Fury being Samuel L Jackson was a big deal and uh you know they find out that they act you know in a case of life imitating art they got samuel l jackson to play nick fury and you know it was a very big deal that uh this is just a little two minute post credit scene that you had to stick around to see of uh him showing up and introducing himself and uh you know talking to uh tony about the avengers
0: being able to break into tony's maximum security house <laughs> to get yeah pa- to get no, no problem past the, <laughs> to get past the
1: guise of jarvis amongst everything else you think you're the only superhero out there <laughs> yeah. And this is important for this movie because, you know, this is the first movie made by Marvel Studios because up to this point they had just been, you know, giving out the film rights to all these other studios and, you know, they made all of these movies independent of each other. They were all mm-hmm. self-contained. There was no mm-hmm. crossover between these movies, yeah. unless you count Stanley's cameos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we don't.
1: Yeah, and we don't. <laughs> So even and- when you had movies made by the same studio, like you had Fox doing X-Men and Fantastic Four and Daredevil, none of those movies ever crossed over. Yeah, yeah. And Marvel wanted to build that up now that they were in um, in charge themselves. So, you know, you had Nick Fury appearing to set up this whole thing about uh, the Avengers, and then that was continued right after that with um, Hulk, wasn't it? the Hulk reboot with Edward Norton, where you had a very small scene of... Um, Tony Stark showing up to talk to General Ross about building a team. Yeah, which I'm a little mad at um, the studio for um, for
2: showing that in the commercials because that should have been a, a stinger at the end of that movie. That should have served as a nice surprise. But when they marketed the hell of that movie, they couldn't wait to show that. Yeah, <laughs> well, you had to get people to watch that. Movie. Yeah, that's true. They they were they were desperate to get people to go see another Hulk yeah. film because that first one was because that
1: first one Ooh. just left such a bad taste, being you know utter crap and all. Oh, angly. <laughs> but uh you know and as iron man 2 later has established uh that movie takes place alongside the hulk yeah. so mm-hmm. which bears into uh the story of iron man 2 with nick fury which we'll get to in that segment, but uh, you know, you're starting to see now all of the seeds of this what what's called the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you know you've got um, the Thor element showing up in Iron Man 2. You've got Captain America's shield showing up in both Iron Man movies. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's going to be an Iron Man 3. They already talked about. Uh, you know the avengers movie that's being directed by joss whedon that's going to have iron man and war machine in it so you're really seeing for the first time ever in uh, in a series of movies this massive comic book type interconnected universe being brought to film because no one's ever done anything like this before no, no. yeah there's been mentions of like superheroes from other movies sometimes but um, not to
0: that point where they're but all but not high.
1: to this not to this extent even to the point of the avengers of having a team up movie of a bunch of guys have had their own movies all working together in another movie yeah Yeah. so I'm very looking uh, forward to how it is that Avengers will turn out and Thor 2 and eventually Iron Man 3 because that'll be the test of you know, is this gonna work? Are people really gonna be digging all of these movies being interconnected like this? Yeah.
2: Oh, and Captain America too—that comes out um, before the Avengers as well. I think I don't know if it's the same year, but um, within the time, man.
1: Yeah, and uh, you're gonna see—not in Thor, but you're gonna see uh, Samuel L. Jackson showing up in a lot of these movies because he signed a, uh, I think, like a nine-movie deal. Goodness, with, <laughs> um, with Marvel. To show up in multiple movies as uh, Nick Fury, and possibly one of those future movies will be one of his own.
2: F- yep, yeah, a Nick Fury movie,
1: which would just be awesome on so many levels because it would just be two hours of Sam Jackson as Nick Fury kicking ass and taking names.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, I wonder what
0: war they'd put in. Probably Vietnam, I would imagine. Oh man, so, old Sam, dude. No, that's gonna be like you said. That is gonna be um, that is gonna be a great thing. And uh, you know, just kind of my parting shot on this is, I always thought Iron Man would be a good comic book because, or a good comic book to become a movie. Um, certain stories, to me, just don't always translate well to being live-action adaptations. Yeah, I know people love the Hulk, but it's just, I never thought the Hulk was going to be that great of a, a live-action thing. And, he, and even the one that they redid, it was good. It even, was better than the, fir- the first one. Even Even the Bill Bixby TV show, man? But it's just not, <laughs> you know, there's just certain characters, I think, because, you know, sometimes the the alter ego, or even the character himself, isn't isn't as human as um, you know people like to see, and I think that's why. Oh,
1: what about Ghost Rider, dude? Oh. Cage. Oh. <laughs> the best that's Marvel it. movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I forget
0: about that one on purpose.
1: Oh, dude, what about Ben Affleck as Daredevil, man? Oh
0: classics or deer in the headlights is Electra <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna take a we're gonna take a um a story about an exotic Mediterranean woman and make her into like the girl next door
2: oh <laughs> uh,
1: no hey man thing, you know yeah. it's just the uh the, the the whiteifying of of movies like uh you know look at Last Airbender you know which is an Asian yeah. Asian themed story and with it it's a bunch of freaking white kids yeah <laughs> I get looking at you M. Night <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't think he had any choice in that. No, he probably didn't. Probably. That's that's that, that's all. That's that, that that looks like it has studio footprints all over it. Looking at you, Paramount. <laughs> Is friggin' M Knight dude's Indian? You think he wouldn't have wanted to be more true to uh, you know to the uh, to the color palette, so to speak, of that uh, story? If he, had, if he had the ability, Pretty I think he, I
2: think he probably would have been. Yeah, if, if if he had his choice in the matter, he rather than really... a bunch
1: of white Disney type kids. Oh man, he really
2: <laughs> he really doesn't have much choice with his previous track record as of recently.
1: <laughs> no, he doesn't. But that's Woo! that's a whole other that's story, a there. whole other segment.
0: <laughs> but uh, anything else on uh, Iron Man One? Before we have to save this, make sure it gets saved. Oh,
1: it's not corrupted or anything. Always oh, getting saved and moved to the <laughs> external hard drive. <laughs> one, one last thing I would say: uh, mm-hmm. the uh, very end of the movie, leading into uh, Iron Man, the song mm-hmm. with just that uh, really nice credit sequence of like all of these specs yeah. and everything. Yeah, I like and that too. Was really neat.
0: Well, Marvel's always done a good job, even with the uh, the uh, ones done in the other studios. Their credits, their opening and and uh, ending credits are pretty good.
1: Um, yeah. But with this one, there was kind of yeah. always it's a little bit of curiosity, like, are they going to use Iron Man? Are they going to use it? Yeah, because we we're waiting the whole movie to find out. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they gonna, are, are they or aren't they? Yep. And then they saved it for right there, the perfect moment.
2: I mean, hey, the fact dude. that they ended with him, you know, with him revealing that he is indeed Iron Man is, a, you know, is, was a real was a real great exclamation point for that movie too. Um, I gotta say, I, I I like the actual you know close of the film. Uh, I I think um, this is probably one of the best origin films told um, when it comes to a comic book movie, and I gotta put it up there in the top ten, man, if not the top five. Myself. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm glad that they didn't have that. They didn't have him go through the torture of just deciding if he should or should or should not yeah. reveal his I- identity cuz that was in true. the comic universe it tony stark's been known as Iron Man for a long time, and it's, <laughs> so. it's, it's he's
3: just
1: a not that kind of character. He, you yeah, know, like he just he he does things and worries about the consequences later.
0: He likes, and and the thing is, is he's kind of narcissistic. So oh, it's yeah. like he loves the fact that okay, they're coming here to talk about the Man. Iron- you know what? I'm Iron Man. Yeah, come to me.
1: <laughs> so so, Solbro, does this movie have the uh, Solbro seal of approval? It does. Seal of it, quality? It does. Just it, don't it, give
2: it the guarantee
1: because somebody
0: w- will try to. <laughs>
2: And one last parting shot. Um, I do give it the Soul Bro guarantee and the thumbs up. Uh, I think it's, it's awesome. And one last parting shot. Um, anybody who tries to compare this movie to The Dark Knight, realize that these are two different films. I remember um, in 2008, a lot of people were saying, well, it's not The Dark Knight. It's like, get the hell out of here. Well, Dark it's not supposed to be. a detective story. No, I was like, it's, it's a detective story and it's a sequel to another film. It's like It's got a, a, a few other advantages that Iron Man didn't. Iron Man had the, the hefty task of establishing the character. And bringing it to the screen, so you know and, and was expertly casted. A very unknown is,
0: character at the time.
2: Exactly. I can't say that about um, the the two Nolan films because every time they um, cast a certain characters, I didn't agree with them casting certain characters. But if we ever reviewed the Dark Knight, I'll get into that. But no, Iron Man. No we're not. I, <laughs> Iron Man, excellent film. I give it a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. The sobro Ryu um seal approval thumbs up. There you go. Alright. Stamp it.
1: Anything else, Chris? That's it. Let's save this before it explodes on us. All right.
2: Well, uh, that was our
0: thoughts on the 2008 movie of Iron Man. We'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ.
2: This episode of Gundam is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Right now they're offering special discounts to our listeners. Just simply go to GoDaddy.com and use the code GUN8 for 10% off any order not already discounted. GUN9 for $5 off purchases that are $30 or more on any items not already discounted. .com domain names are as low as $7.49 if you use the code GUN10. And last but not least, code 20H1 for 20% off hosting plans. For more information, you can go to Gundam.net and click on the GoDaddy link in the Sponsors and Special Offers section. Don't wait too long. The domain name you've always wanted might be claimed by someone else before you know it. Register with GoDaddy.com today.
3: Did you order the code right? you right I did! I am here. I, 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 I.
2: I am I I am This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco hey
1: Everybody, this is uh, Chris, you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ and in this segment, we'll be reviewing the hit Marvel movie, Elektra, starring Jennifer Garner. So what do you guys think of this uh, amazing movie since uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this Marvel roundup here? Well,
0: I'm, I'm going to have to excuse myself because I just felt sick all of a sudden. i got to oh. go use the restroom.
2: <laughs> Better than The Dark
0: Knight, I think, man. I think but, it's coming tell out both us, ends. Tell
1: us, tell us how you really feel.
0: I think it's coming out both ends on this one. <laughs> i got to talk about uh, Elektra. <laughs> So I excuse myself. Sorry, folks.
2: What about you, Sobro? Does this movie get the Sobro guarantee? Oh, man. It gets a. Hit. I wish I had. I wish I had two extra hands because I give that movie four thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. It's better than The Dark Knight. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? Better than The Dark Knight.
1: Well, man. and with that, that's the end of this segment. Uh, next, we'll be talking about Ghost Rider followed by Blade Trinity and... Mm. Uh, both Punisher movies and both Fantastic Four movies. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man! You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. I'll be, be doing a lot of recording from the bathroom. <laughs> You're quite the masochist. Oh. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a whole craporama of, of crap movies. Ooh. But no. Um, in this segment, we're going to be talking about current summer hit Iron Man 2, having already uh, discussed the, the first one after two years of. Uh, curses and failures nice so uh briefly this movie um again starred Robert Downey Jr. as uh, as Tony Stark you've got returning characters you have um Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts um <clears throat> uh Jon Favreau the director cameoing again as Happy Hogan the bodyguard you've got some new characters um Scarlett Johansson as uh Black Widow you have uh, Don Cheadle taking over for that pansy Terrence Howard Ooh. as uh, Brody and now as War Machine. Man, you have uh, Sam Rockwell appearing as a much younger version of Justin Hammer, and of course uh, you have um, Ugly as a Mug Mickey Rourke <laughs> appearing as uh, Whiplash, <laughs> and of course um, minor cameos uh, Agent Coulson from uh, from Shields back for for more uh, for more abuse, and. Uh, Sam Jackson reprising his role as Nick Fury, showing up during the movie this time instead of in just a post-credit sequence. That is novel. <laughs> oh, and
0: you, and you forget the, the, the reoccurring cameo of uh, Cap shield and the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the the new introduction cameo of Thor's hammer. Oh.
1: Yes, because those are such great characters, The, the that shield and that hammer.
0: Well... So in some ways, they're probably better character, uh, better characters than some people are actors.
1: Oh, possibly. Oh, damn. <laughs> I, I, I would certainly say that about Chris Evans, but that's, that's another segment.
0: You know, you know, if you did search and replace in, in Transformers 2 and put, uh, put Cap Shield, ser- replace that with, and uh, search and replace with Megan Fox, I think it, Cap Shield would got the Oscar. <laughs> best supporting actors
1: then i guess it's good for us that uh megan fox is um not in transformers 3 now or am i ruining some neo's news by mentioning that no no (laughs) anyway uh iron man 2 picks up about uh, six months after the end of the first movie which of course the end of that movie saw tony stark announcing to the world that he was iron man so now he uh Calls himself, I guess, the uh, the face of world peace, you know, because he's uh, intervened in so many conflicts everywhere. And not surprisingly, uh, the government is after him because they want the technology. And uh, you got Gary Shandling showing up in a dramatic role as <laughs> uh, a butt hurt senator who wants the technology. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. just dismisses him out of hand.
2: Oh, Senator Senator Stern. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, and everything seems to be going good for Tony, except for the fact that he's dying because yeah. uh, he's getting um, poisoning from the palladium in his arc reactor. So it's kind of ironic that the the thing that's keeping him alive is now killing him. Yeah. So he's been looking for a way to, you know, create a new reactor that uh, is not poisonous to him, but so far he has failed at that. And um, at the same time, you have uh, Whiplash uh, Ivan Vanko who. He's off, you know, boozing it up in Russia and uh, decides to get his revenge on the Starks and uses some uh, blueprints from old Stark Industries from the Howard Stark era. And he starts building himself his own little arc reactor and a couple of electrical whips, which then uh, comes to the fore when uh, Tony goes to Monaco for the race. And during the race, uh, Whiplash appears. And in that very famous scene from the trailer where he just uh, whips the car and... uh, tosses Tony Stark about. Like a ragdoll. Like a ragdoll, yes. Good old ragdoll physics. Ooh. And uh, has the appearance of the uh, very awesome little uh, suitcase armor, Yeah, mm-hmm. which is probably just one of the coolest things in that movie.
2: I was wondering how they were going to incorporate it, because I heard early in the movie's production that he was going to have the suitcase armor like he does in the comic books. But um, it turned out to be something that was even... Um, uh, is that how the suitcase armor is in the comic books, Neo? A long
0: time ago. Now um, it just comes... It forms around them. Oh yeah, so it's it's a different thing. But yeah, the suitcase armor is from like the 80s and 90s. Nice 70s, I think too.
1: So you have uh, this guy Whiplash who gets um, hauled off, but then Justin Hammer rescues him and says, uh, "Hey, you know, if you work for me, uh, let's take down this uh, this this Dick Tony Stark." <laughs> so Whiplash gets to work on uh, some some drones based off of um, prototype armor suits that that Hammer had developed. And at the same time, you've got uh, Tony Stark going further downhill. He's not opening up to anybody about uh, why it is that uh, his behavior is becoming so erratic. You know, he gets gets drunk at a party in the suit. <laughs> that was hilarious. A very amusing sequence and starts uh, blasting bottles with his repulsors <laughs> and just staggering around drunk with his mask open, which is just very amusing, which causes uh, the... Less pussified Rhodes to <laughs> grab the Iron Man Mark II outfits. and the two of them have a nice little duel with each other, which ends with uh, with Rhodes uh, swiping the suit. And as time goes on, you've got uh, this kind of nutty little guy Hammer getting increasingly more distressed by Vanko uh, just being weird. Yeah. You have Scarlett Johansson showing up as Tony's new assistant. Right. Boy, does she ever assist. What boy? <laughs> <laughs> Although, as you see later on in the movie, she's really Black Widow and she's an undercover agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. because mm-hmm. Nick Fury's like, dude, what the hell you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a chump. So this all culminates in uh, Stark developing a, uh, very conveniently, inventing a new element because he saw the elements of uh, the new arc reactor design in the overhead little like uh, model display of a Stark Expo that his dad left for him.
0: Oh, you mean Epcot Center?
1: Yeah, the Epcot Center (laughs) from 50 years ago.
0: The Stark Epcot Center?
1: Yeah, the Stark Center. So, you know, he manages to solve that problem and uh, decides to carry on with his Stark Expo, showing off lots of, like, fancy crap, which in turn ends up being the stage for the big final battle where Whiplash uh, unleashes all of these drones and um, remote-controlled war machine to go after Tony. But, of course, he also shows up in his own suit... And in this final battle, you have um, Tony at first by himself until uh, he's able to get Rhodes on his side when uh, Rhodes gets control of his suit. And then you got the two of them uh, taking on all of these drones and then finally uh, Whiplash. So that's pretty much in a nutshell the story of Iron Man 2. So uh, I'll kick it to you first, Neo. What did you think of um, Iron Man 2 not only as a comic book movie but um, as a sequel to the 2008 version?
0: Um. I think as a comic book movie it still held that same type of feeling that you had with um the first one you know the ordinary circumstances with the extraordinary person or, or suit or whatever it might be um the the plot was fine i like the fact that they built off of the uh, you know the announcement that he was tony or that tony stark was iron man um you know that that was kind of a nice nice way of doing it, it almost felt like you're just watching you know if, if you you know you're just coming right from the first movie into the next uh they weren't really they, they didn't have to really explain anything um i like the fact that they introduced kind of the comic uh, arcs of armor wars and demon in a bottle even though they didn't do it as much and especially with the demon in a bottle one where you know you see his you see uh, alcoholism starting to take hold of him but not to the point of that. And, um, you know, of course, Armor Wars with the, the fact that the United States government and other uh, rival corporations are um, trying to make these things. Uh, it was very interesting with um, Mickey Rourke's character. Um, you know, that it, it still had that kind of sense of Iron Man because you have that whole corporate sense of, you know, the corporate espionage, sabotage type of thing. Or maybe Har- Howard Stark, he used uh, that guy's father for his as helper. Uh, you know, or helped him create the arc reactor, and then just kind of took all the gains of himself, and it was kind of a two two sides of the story type of uh, uh you know, on uh, situation when it came to that. But um, I think for as a sequel, um, and you know, sequels can either make or break franchises. We've seen that before. Uh, I think it was a very good sequel to Iron Man. My only real complaint on it is kind of the end being a little little abrupt um that was that was the uh iron man and war machine repulsor high five pretty much (laughs) i mean they didn't have to go through a big whole spiel at the end but you know it would have been nice it just felt like it kind of ended or you know maybe continue on what you did in the first movie have it drop another bombshell on the public or something like that you know that that would have been you know it could be cliche but you know if they only do three of these movies that you only have to see it done twice you know some big bombshell cliffhanger like that um the th- casting of Don Cheadle was fine. Um, I always joked, it was, it was how are you going to have it? Were you going to have a guy shorter than Tony Stark? But they must have put lifts in his shoes, or did the uh, Tom Cruise filming. Did they know? But, um, yeah, he, he was definitely, you definitely had a more uh, self-assured James Rhodes, which is what he always was in the comic. You know, he, um, and you know, yeah, he had to babysit uh, Tony at times, but he was a little... This version of him was a lot more self-assured. The only downside is it seemed there was less face time of him yeah. in this one than in the first one. Um, and maybe that was on purpose because they wanted to ease the transition of going from one Rodian to the next Rodian. That's kind of the way I thought of it. So it didn't really, that didn't really bother me at all. And for all those folks that wanted all the action, um, you know, you have a nice big battle at the end with lots of spam and, uh, lots of destruction of uh the guardian suits, um you know the incorporation of the two villains was good i think um it 's nice that they didn 't do anything abrupt with Justin Hammer that you you know he 'll probably be a player somehow some way in the next movie um but in terms of a sequel, I think it did a very good job of um you know i I put it up there with um like what Sp- Spider man two did for spider man one um wow. you know it, it helped. It helps bring it because, you know, the thing about, and when we talked about this when we were talking about Iron Man 1, the the thing that makes doing an Iron Man movie so difficult is the fact that in the grand scheme of things that like Chris said, he's the B-level comic book character. Right. And it's always Superman, Spider-Man, whatever it might be. But, you know, a lot of people, I think of all the comic book movies, this one probably even has more of a cross appeal with people that aren't even comic book fans because yeah. of, you know, the the, the way it all kind of works and the character involved. I mean, everybody likes to see guys like Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're just fun characters to, to watch on the screen. Um, you know, I, I like the whole thing with, um, the government trying to get into his business cuz that's part of the comic took. Oh yeah. The government's always trying to get in there, getting their hands on the uh the Iron Man technology. So, um is it as good as the first one? I would say it's just a notch down and that notch is because of the ending. It, it just would have been a little bit cooler if it would have just had a little bit better ending instead of the repulsor high five. <laughs> so, um but that's really it there. So.
1: What did you think of, um, you know, as far as comic book characters go, that uh, they visually put Justin Hammer more in line by massively aging him because in yeah, most of the older. depictions he's an old dude. I think it helps because
0: in the comics you can get away with him being a little bit older, but in a movie like this, and like I said, uh, this is a this is a comic book movie that has more mass market appeal, and it would make more it makes a little bit more sense sometimes to have a guy that's. Along the same age of, of Tony, and let's be honest, he had the ri- he had the older rival in the first movie. You know, Jeff yeah. Bridges was the older rival, so that doesn't bother me as much. I know trolls are very nitpicky about stuff like that, <laughs> but even though he was younger, he still catched, he still uh, caught the essence of Justin Hammer to me. What and- I thought
1: was kind of interesting about uh, having a young Justin Hammer was um, it kind of made him uh, a sort of mirror image of Tony. In the sense that yeah. uh, Justin Hammer is what Tony could have eventually become yeah. had the events of the first movie never happened to him. Yeah, that and Tony is
0: Tony's the billionaire that kind of gets it. You know, he's he's the popular billionaire. Where this guy's more of kind of the wannabe, the, the wannabe kind of geekier guy. You know, we see we see in the movie that. You know, Justin's trying to get on, you know, some girls, and they're not giving him the light of day. But, you know, Tony walks into a room, and the women are just throwing themselves at him, except for, you know, Black Widow. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, and I'd like to say whoever the costume designer was for Iron Man 2 has to be applauded oh. for um, great accentuation of uh, Scarlett Johansson's assets. There you go. In many ways, <laughs> both uh, in uh, Natasha form and, uh, black widow form Mm. so
1: well i have to say you know anyone who has known me for a long time knows that uh i am utterly obsessed with scarlett johansson Mm. and uh i could watch two hours of her knitting a scarf yeah presuming of course that she's knitting the scarf because she has nothing at all to wear
0: yeah (laughs) well well having her in those those hot i could
1: sit there watching that Having her in hot corporate attire
0: really helped, man. That man. too. I
1: mean, even forget forget the 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 black widow leather outfit. Just her yeah. in that, you know, as a ginger with uh with that hot, you know, Ooh. like legal department uh corporate attire is like, oh hey, how you doing? Yeah.
2: It made her believable.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> and and to, uh,
1: prospectus later. And, and and once again, um,
0: you know, her depiction of that is, you know, she you you, you know it was the the one woman that in here that you know tony wasn't really getting you know any uh any good vibes off of yeah. but you know it still worked within it even though in the comic they did date at one time so you know but tony's nailed them all so
1: well he didn't you know of course he didn't nail this one and no. i thought there was some nice tension there in in a few mm-hmm. scenes between her and uh gwyneth paltrow you know the sort yeah. of like uh competition between uh caddy <laughs> you know, sort of cattiness with pepper because uh you know, obviously this chick's there because she's undercover, although you don't know that at first, but uh of course um you know Pepper sees her as a threat and tries to uh you know, sideline her and remove her from being uh Tony's assistant.
0: Yeah. That but, and I'd have to say that the part where he gets drunk in his house is hilarious with the <laughs> Iron Man suit on. Because mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what's going to be left of that house in Iron Man Three. He must. He must I don't be know, living in like, the... that
1: house has gone through so much abuse in those yes. two movies that, I th- and since it's at the top of a of a mountain, yeah. Uh, I think at some point in Iron Man Three, it's just going to end up falling down the side <laughs> of that mountain. And this <laughs> needs to be put out of its misery. It's cause... not a
2: Tony Stark party until you wreck the
1: house, <laughs> <laughs> or a day at the office. Woo! inventing man. something new until he wrecks it.
0: But I thought that greatly illustrated, you know, his thing with. With alcohol, and it's like you know in the first movie they show him he's drinking, but he seems to be more of a, a, a casual drinker more of a party drinker, social yeah. drinker, yeah. but in this one we see that you know it's it's beyond that, and yeah, it's,
1: it's become a crutch for him because yeah. of he's facing the fact that you know he's living on borrowed time now His and mortality. he's be dead yeah. soon.
0: and uh I, you know. I think, like I said, in terms of sequels, uh, I think it did a, a, a good job of keeping the excitement and keeping the story going of it. And really there wasn't, you know, outside of that ending, I didn't find too much bad about it. Uh, as a comic book, it still stayed true to it. It's still, you know, you still had that same Tony Stark humor. Um, I'm glad that they didn't try to overdo it either with that. You know, it's just, it was just consistent. I mean, he's a, he's a serious guy, but you know, he, um, He's a smart-ass, too. In a lot of ways. What did you
1: think of the um, the layout this time with the villains? Because in the first movie, you know, you had Obadiah just you know pulling strings in the background. It's so not towards it's not until towards the end of the movie that he finally emerges as the bad guy because he's just been pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Right. Whereas here, from pretty much the get go, you've got um, you know Banco yeah, in on stuff and you know plotting with Justin Hammer throughout the whole movie.
0: Um, I think it's I I think it shows that's what Iron Man villains are. You know, some are up front and some are behind the scenes. And, you know, I know, uh, Whiplash was kind of an amalgamation of, uh, Crimson Dynamo and I think somebody else. I like the fact that they introduced the whole thing with Russia, uh, because, you know, Iron Man was always a very big Cold War, um, comic book, even more so than some of the other ones. Um, and, you know, it, it I, I think it worked. And I, I think I like the fact that, It seems like everything with hammer is kind of still left undone you know it's like okay they defeated whiplash but you know justin hammer's still out there and it seems like in some way he's going to want to try to rebuild his image and rebuild you know his company because you know after what happened in this spoiler alert it's going to be you know it probably you know with the introduction of those drones the guardians all that stuff being on television you know it really probably hurt his company and he's going to want vengeance upon tony which Is what all these corporate guys always want? Vengeance on Tony Stark, because he always outsmarts them all. (laughs) So, hey, he's
1: smarter than the average uh, CEO.
0: And and they conveyed that. I mean, that and that's and that's where a lot of times in the comics the rivalries start, especially the corporate the corporate enemies, is because none of these you know as smart as these guys are, they just can't outsmart Tony Tony Stark. He always beats them in the end, and you know I think that was conveyed through there. So.
1: so aside from the uh, repulsor high five, was there any <laughs> other elements in the movie that you didn't like?
0: Uh, When he bought the oranges, I didn't know what that was all about. Or no, the strawberries. strawberries. I'm sorry. They, they could have done without that. But other than that,
2: not really. I mean, I was, I, you know. um. No, he, he remembered that strawberries had some significance to pepper. Yeah. He just didn't just remember not exactly. That's <laughs> you allergic to them. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but that's a very Tony thing to do. Yeah.
2: But...
0: Not really. I mean, like I said, I I feel it's pretty much on par with the first one. Just uh, you know, just a tad low, just a tad um, uh, tad below because of of the ending. As an Iron Man fan, as a comic fan, I appreciate it because I like the fact that they didn't run away from his alcoholism and his whole mortality type of thing. Because he does, he has to go through that mortality thing uh with within his um. You know his heart's been changed out. I don't know how many times, in there, yeah. and and all the stuff with the extremist armor and all that other, st- and recently where he just got his head rebooted, um, you know after the whole thing was siege. So, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Okay, Soulbro.
2: Oh man, um, next time, baby, next time, not not for you, Terrence. I'm sorry. Not for Terrence Howard. <laughs> 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 Terence Howard will be substituted by Don Cheadle. <laughs> I kind um I I did enjoy this movie a lot. We 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 saw it um opening weekend and um man uh I I I I like it more than um I have issues with it. Uh, I thought that. It did justice to the universe that the first movie established. Um, You felt right at home. Uh, It was good to see all the characters again, even even if some of them had been replaced. Where's Terrence Howard? That was the first thing I said. Where's he asked? Where's where's that soulful brother from the first one? No, 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 not the guy from Ocean's (laughs) Eleven. No, it was good to see Mouse. It was good to see Mouse in this movie, man. It's good to see Don man. I've loved Don tootle for a long time, man, ever since devil in the blue dress and um he's he's an awesome actor, and he did he did Rhodey justice man he was more straight laced I've got to say he out of the two, and Chris is right, he is the more the guy you would envision of being in the military um and he's got that he's got that persona that does reflect that. And you know he's straight laced. He don't. He doesn't BS around. You know he, he's straight up with Tony, and that's what Tony needs. He needs someone to straight talk him. And Don Cheadle brought that to the role. Um, I do have some issues with the pacing of the film. Uh, I know that it's, it has a great beginning, great ending. Um, great, great, great first and second act. This, this sorry, sorry, the great first act and third act. God, I can't talk today. Um, <laughs> but the middle act sagged a little bit, and um, not badly. Cause you know, even in points where it sagged, there was still a lot of character from the actors. Um, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He, he he pretty much is the foundation of this film on screen, and um, him and Favreau work very well together. And it shows on it shows on screen anytime they um you know he anytime he's directed. But uh, I, I guess my major complaint about this film is how underused uh, Whiplash is. Uh, I think that uh, I wish they had taken more advantage of having a What's his name? Um, God, I can't think of his name. Mickey Rourke. Um, Mickey Rourke. Goodness.
1: <laughs> I want my bird. Where is my bird? Where's my bird? <laughs>
2: Where's my bird? It's like I wanted him to be more menacing. Like, um, I felt more menace from, uh, what's his name? Uh, God, God, Jeff, I can't Bridges. Remember Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Where, am I at today? I felt more menace from Jeff Bridges, especially when you found out that he was the mastermind behind all the, all the, all the skullduggery that was going on in the first movie. And you know, he just seemed like an evil bastard. While Whiplash, you kind of empathize with him a little bit because. Yeah, his father, um, his father's genius was, you know, built up upon for Stark Technologies, and Stark did betray him. Although his father was a devious Joker, and and you know, but you know that was Mickey Rourke's father, so he had to stand up for him to some degree. But you know, when it came down to Mickey and his revenge, as much as I didn't want to see Tony get effed up, I there wasn't any aspect to Mickey, Mickey's character or or Whiplash's character that made me want to hate him all that much. Uh, I even liked Sam Rockwell as uh Justin Hammer. I think he did a great role as as it that's my first exposure to Justin Hammer. And um I never even knew he was an old man until this conversation but <laughs> yeah. in the comic books. But you know, it's he it was Sam Rockwell playing uh a uh adversary and he always brings a, a sense of humor and, and um delight when he's uh, when he's when he's on screen. And um I like the interactions between him and Rourke and him and uh uh Tony Stark. And just all the other characters in the movie, but overall, I I like this movie a little bit less than the original, um, including that 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 abrupt ending you get at the end. I I, I actually watched this whole movie waiting to hear the um Black Sabbath Iron Man theme, and you didn't even get it in this film at all. I thought it would have closed out the film with it, but we just got more ACDC, which is cool, but you know I, I kind of want to hear that Iron Man theme. I was wanting more money. You know you're probably right, and it usually comes down to money with with decisions like that. Although you did you do hear it in the in the trailers for the film. So I thought it would show up in here, but maybe they just decided to go against it. But um, I think Chris,
0: AC/DC did all, most of the, a lot of the soundtracks. They so. really
2: did, and so. I think they had something going with them, so they just focused on that. And Chris had mentioned the closing sequence of the first movie. I kind of expected something like that for this one, where you kind of got the, uh, the tech-spec look of uh, Iron Man. Maybe you would have got that with War Machine, or they would have probably, you know, done something like that. But I think they were short on time. And maybe uh, they had some budget constraints towards the end, but uh, overall, I think it runs very well with the first movie. I could watch both these movies back-to-back and not have a problem. Uh, you know, there's some trilogies out there where you just will skip a portion of it because it's so bad. Like, or some movie sagas that you'll skip a portion of it. Like, I, I know that some people have problems with certain parts of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, the second movie I hear is, like, pretty bad. But um, I wouldn't do this with Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man and Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 go very well together, and... I think it uh, did a good job of keeping that continuity. And it's a good movie. I think everybody should go out and see it, especially if you enjoyed the first one. And back to you, Chris.
1: Well, uh, I would say that I enjoyed Iron Man 2 just as much as the first one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some of the issues people brought up, I don't, you know, I don't know what people are saying because... you know, it's like I said in the last segment, You know, there's always going to be a segment of people who just want two hours of things blowing up, mm-hmm. and I saw people complaining online that uh, this movie had no action.
3: <laughs>
0: what were, what <laughs> were they watching? Serious?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what they were. Did, were they asleep during um, the, Stark fight, Expo? <laughs> the fight in Monaco? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, were they asleep during the fight between uh, Stark and Rhodes? Were they asleep... During the entire Stark Expo, which has, like, three distinct action sequences in it. Were
2: they asleep when um, Black Widow was kicking all that ass?
1: Yeah, that too. (laughs) Well, I think they meant specifically, you know, things exploding and, and, you know,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: powered suits blowing stuff up rather than, you know, hot babe uh, kicking people's asses. Right. But, yeah, uh, no action in this movie. Like, you know what? If you're going to say that, then there's no reasoning with people who think that way. That there's yeah. no action in this movie. Um, there, are people saying that um, that it was as bad of a sequel as Revenge of the Fallen.
2: Oh, come on!
1: Nah. it's like come on. Revenge of the Fallen was a piece of gutter trash. Thank you. Where do you, where do you get off comparing this movie to that?
0: It wasn't even as
1: long. It's only two <laughs> hours. Yeah, and again, speaking of Revenge of the Fallen, uh, as I mentioned in the first one, you know, you have these movies where there's the um, the, the reflex, the the Michael Bay reflex, as I call it, to just want to keep blowing things up. Mm-hmm. And that when you do sequels, that you have to outdo what you did the first time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it happened in Star Wars, the prequels of George Lucas. Right. It happened um, in Transformers. You know, just look at what a mess uh, Revenge of the Fallen was because Michael Bay just had to blow up so much more stuff in the first one. <laughs> And even though there is more action in the second Iron Man than there was in the first, it's not to a crazy level. It's to a, it's a yeah. reasonable level.
2: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't suffer from sequelitis like some other sequels do. And no, it
1: doesn't. It doesn't. You know, you've got – obviously, it's a big action sequence when um, Iron Man and War Machine are fighting the drones because they're fighting a whole bunch of dudes at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Army, Navy, but, Air Force, and Marines. <laughs> Where's the Coast Guard at? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you don't so, get robots, Coast Guard.
1: You know, it's understandable that, you know, you have that. And it's a big sequence at the end instead of just, you know, crap exploding all the time for two hours. Yeah. yeah. So I very much appreciate that uh, Favreau didn't fall into that trap of, you know, we got to out-explode the first one.
0: Well, I mean, the action sequences were part of the story instead of, you know, the story instead becoming Instead of the story body.
1: being excuses to string together the action sequences. sequences. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and that's what it was. And And like I stated in the first, you know, when we talked about the first movie... This is an Iron Man movie or an iron man comic i 'm sorry it 's going to be um, you know twenty two pages in a comic book. You might have seventeen of story and then like the last what five or six some action sprinkled in i mean mm-hmm. unless it 's like a huge huge crossover or something
2: like that there 's going to be a lot more stuff uh, you know being played out i 'll be honest with you, man. I think they actually had to cut a lot out of this movie for for it to like, to get it to run time down to two hours and five minutes. I think there's a lot of scenes they left on the cutting room floor. Well, they cut a lot on the be, first movie, so you're, they pro- did. you're probably right. And, so. and I'm looking forward to the DVD of this to see, you know, what scenes they cut out just to see oh, if it adds more richness Chris. to the You got, you got to remember though, the best
0: part of the the movie.
1: Hey, Larry. <laughs> that was the best part of the movie. Oh yes, it was. Way, <laughs> way better. Way better than seeing Scarlett Johansson take her clothes off in the back of, uh, of Happy's car. Well, that uh,
0: that was hilarious too. <laughs> like,
1: keep your eyes on the road. Oh, Ryan Reynolds, you bastard! Oh, yeah, I hate that guy. I hate that guy so much. But man, so um, you know, I I enjoyed uh, the fact that the action was not overblown because you just see it so much in so many movies that they just got to keep outdoing themselves, and eventually you reach the point of ridiculousness. Like, how much more can you outdo what you've already done? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think, uh, you know, again talking about Transformers three, there. I think there was a quote was from Shia LaBeouf the other day that uh, the Transformers three is going to be the craziest action movie ever. Oh, man. And, and I see that, like, is, is that a good thing? <laughs> Do I want to see the craziest action movie ever? Well, we we know it got better
0: though without Megan Fox. Oh, so it's improving.
1: Again, we're, we're talking about Iron Man. We're not talking about Transformers. So. Uh, man i thought that it kept up all of the promise from the first movie Mm -hmm. and um as the third entry of the marvel cinematic universe you know it kept building towards future things you had bigger appearances by um nick fury in this movie yeah and the end scene talking about uh you know saying that hey you know we think you're kind of weird and uh you're not you're not good enough for the avengers but we'll use you as a consultant yeah (laughs) And uh, as I mentioned in the first segment, um, Iron Man Two takes place at around the same time as Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So that segues perfectly in with Tony now being a consultant for Shield and going to visit General Ross at the end of the Hulk.
3: Yeah.
1: And we've got you know the post-credit scene here too, building the path uh, for Thor. Are 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 you saying that they're they're actually
0: communicating with the other uh, directors and story writers to make a cohesive story? Could that actually be happening in
1: Hollywood? It's it's it it can and it does. Oh
3: Get my out
0: gosh. of town,
2: dude. <laughs> Amazing.
1: You know, of course, uh, we got Thor coming out um,
2: summer it? summer of next year.
1: Yeah, next year then that one's being uh, directed very surprisingly by Kenneth brana
2: Yeah, and and that, that's, like, I'm a little excited about that. It's kind of like um, I won't I won't underestimate him like I did John Favreau. I'll, I'll wait to see well, what happens.
0: I always, happens I always thought Thor would be a good character to do in hey, action.
1: Kenneth Branagh always uh, always kicks ass and Hamlet's on. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Othello. Yes, sir. I remember watching that a while ago. And- Woo. That guy, he was the most awesome Iago. Good lord. <laughs> such such uh such a bastard, but such a likable bastard. Man. I, anyway, you know, I, you got uh mm-hmm. you got him directing that movie and um You got Lee Joe Johnson Natalie, Natalie Portman is in uh is in oh, Thor. That's right. Nice and um and Captain Kirk's dad.
2: Man. Yep. Which they just released pictures of um what he looks like as Thor and I I gotta say, he's um he he's, he he fits the um the old Nordic is wear it, very well. Is it well. Thor with a beard, though? With a beard, man. Awesome. Popping off, son. Nice. <laughs> Which is I...
1: funny. You, you mentioned Captain Kirk's dad. Mm-hmm. Since um, in the first Iron Man, the uh, that dude who was in <laughs> yes! charge of the Ten Rings was <laughs> the captain of that a, ship a in the from Star Trek. Man. And, the... the first victim of Nero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man got
2: trinited, tridented. Tridented. <laughs>
0: That guy does. That guy does not get. He Ooh. he doesn't last in these sh- movies, does he?
1: No, and he was in Twenty Four also, as you know, your generic Twenty Four terrorist. So, oh. oh man, he got killed too. Yeah, of course. Oh man, Who, whoever whoever makes it in Twenty Four,
2: Jim. <laughs> but, but that's another conversation right there.
1: <laughs> so, so um, yeah, you've you've got building towards both uh, the Thor movie and the Avengers with the continued threads with um with Nick Fury. So overall, I think it's, um, it's a great sequel. You know, there's a lot of um, sequels that are just um, treading the same waters as the first one. Yeah. Right. Or if it's supposed to be like uh, a planned trilogy, or what they say is a planned, tri- a planned trilogy, you know the, the middle chapter is literally just that, something to Put in the you know tide you over from the end of the first one to the third one, like, say, the Second Pirates movie.
2: And they could have gone they, <laughs> exactly, and or they could have gone the dark route. They could have gone like you know this. Oh, this is the dark chapter. You know, try to emulate with. Um, well, in some Empire ways, it, it
0: is the dark chapter because you're, you know, but see, that's always the thing with Iron Man. Is yeah. like just because of the way Tony's Tony, yeah, um, he doesn't always. He gets depressed, but he gets depressed at the
2: humor of everyone else. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, it didn't seem like it had a lot of the weight of the drama during, um, well, at least from what I hear, and you've read it of uh of the demon in the bottle. Well, yeah, I mean, it had elements of it, but I mean, I I I like the fact that it didn't it didn't delve too deeply into that. You know, you gotta remember that that was (laughs) span. Demon in a bottle was a culmination of like 200
0: something good god issues. Really, like. Yeah, was, I mean that's that's something that was going on for a while, and and the one thing that they always wrote in the Iron Man comics is his drinking got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So yeah, they're not gonna. Sh- I mean, it would be a little s- silly if they just showed it. Oh, six months later, he's completely complete alcoholic, is living on the streets, lost his company, and everything like that, like yeah. what happened in Demon in a Bottle. Good so. God
1: keep in mind also that this is only the second movie and we're gonna have iron man showing up again in iron man 3 and the avengers and you know when you're adapting these elements from a pre-existing medium you don't want to um play all your cards so quickly
2: yeah that's true
0: and i think that's why then you
1: run into you you basically you write yourself into a corner
0: and I, i think that's why they did the villains the way that they did you know, it's like you have kind of the action villain and then you have the cerebral villain with or the manipulative villain of Justin Hammer. Yeah. And it's like you could have it where Justin Hammer's fighting with Iron Man, but then you would that'd be one less character that you have. And, and we can see because honestly, as much as I, I always wanted them to do it and I think it would work, I don't see Mandarin being part of. The Iron Man movies, you know, they are- mainly because China owns all of the U.S. No, that's not, <laughs> the,
3: that's
0: not the issue. But it, it, it's it's just it's just the it's just the fact that he's more of a fantastic character and. Um, well, Favreau has been yeah. saying a few yeah.
1: times that he, he wants to do the Mandarin, but tweaked.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's he's waiting to see how Thor turns out, to see how they implement yeah. magic into the Marvel Universe, and if it's believable enough, it may free them up to yeah. do Mandarin in a future film. But, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, th- I think if, that's why they did that,
0: I mean, mm-hmm. with Justin Hammer, because even if he comes off as a bit player in the next
2: movie, yeah. you still have something there. I'm glad they introduced know? him. I mean, he's yeah. an important character to introduce, because to me, he's like the um the bill gates to um <laughs> to jobs. tony stark steve jobs back when yeah. steve jobs was cool
1: <laughs> not the steve mean, jobs is- <laughs> steve jobs is awesome <laughs> <laughs> is- how, you- how can you think steve jobs isn't cool oh
2: i mean i mean
1: <laughs> everything back I- always- is
2: better oh hey i actually like bill gates more now than i do steve jobs so <laughs> <laughs> Job. Woo. how how funny that Apples become
0: the um become the face in that commercial. Oh, so, you know that famous. Oh, the nineteen eighty four Apple- commercial. Oh, heck, Apple yeah. Mac commercial.
1: Oh, the irony. It's oh. hilarious. Just like uh, look at. Oh, George- the irony. Cur- courtesy of Ridley Scott.
0: Yeah. yeah mm-hmm.
2: Turnabout is fair play, Jack.
0: Just, just, just like uh, George Lucas became everything he hated against.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: Overbearing, controlling person that doesn't oh. listen to anybody else's input. Oh, the hippie is dead. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The hippie The hippie has two chins oh. exactly. things get a
0: lot different when that once that bank account starts to add zeroes to it
1: man. so so anyway, uh I totally lost my train of thought, but um a couple of other things um speaking of not uh not using your elements uh, too fast, you know in the first movie, we had a lot of um sexual tension between Tony and Pepper mm-hmm. but obviously. It didn't quite you know come to any resolution in the first one, but it gets covered in this one, yeah, which is good because you you can't use that too early because yeah. you want to you don't want to exploit that that sort of um, development too much, but you want it to sort of develop realistically, so you know at this point the two of them have been through so much that um, you know why wouldn't they yeah. yeah that's true, so I imagine that's something that we'll see you know more of in the future, and you know as far as future villains for Iron Man, you know, there's unlike um, this movie where there was a massive a massive rush because Marvel Studios wanted it out within two years, and you know they were kind of being dicks with Favreau for a while, and they weren't even talking to him, and it kind of seemed like he might not even direct the movie. Yeah. So, you know, that was a cause for worry until the the deal did get locked down. But uh, this movie was made in a very short time. It certainly was. Because. You know they didn't start right after the first movie because of all of these issues that I just mentioned. So the fact that they made this movie and that uh, it came out so well, so quickly, is pretty amazing. Because most movies, when Hollywood wants, when they say, "Hey, you've got to have this movie out by yeah. this day, no matter what," mm-hmm. they turn out like crap. Like say X Three. Ooh, yeah. assembly line movie right there assembly assembly line movie by committee you gotta kill these dudes, you gotta do this, you gotta do that you gotta yeah. force these characters
2: in here <laughs>
1: you gotta put in these characters, you gotta do all of this by this day. No are fans or butts about it
0: yeah spider man three we're looking at Ooh, you
1: yeah, man. so you know that in itself is an amazing achievement, but now there's no hurry because you know the Avengers is gonna come out first, mm-hmm. and you know who knows what's gonna be going on in that movie, and then Favreau will be back in a few years to do. The third one, so right. there's plenty of time to work on something, and there's not that uh, immediate tension that, that Hollywood always has when there's a hit of, you know. Let's, let's get this out really quickly and yeah. do all these things this way, even though insisting on doing this thing this way will ruin everything that made the first one successful. Yeah.
2: Exactly, and we've seen that time and time again. I'm kind of glad that Favreau's going to get to work on other projects in between yeah. now and then. I'm kind of looking forward to Cowboys and Aliens since he's working on that next. But um, uh, yeah, well, It's funny
1: because you- mm-hmm. a while back he was saying that um, he didn't even want to do an Iron Man 3 because he didn't want to um, fall into the bad third movie superhero yes. curse X Men and Spider Man, which i thought was <laughs> very amusing that he said that, and Superman. <laughs> yeah, but Ooh. I'm talking about the, the more recent, recent generation of comic book movies True. because you know, but would uh, those but two hey, franchises the first two movies were both very great for both of those franchises, and the third were garbage. But yeah. would
0: um, but would uh, Daredevil and Elektra buck that if they made two more of those? Would they eventually get better? <laughs>
1: Two they... wrongs don't. Two wrongs don't make a decent movie.
0: Are they, are they are they the Bizarro superhero movies? One no. bad one, they get better as the last and two go.
1: A third Fantastic Four movie would not have been. Oh. Would not have made that franchise better. Maybe that'll work for Punisher though. Maybe that'll work for Punisher. No, no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. So now there is going to be an Iron Man three, but there's going to be plenty of time to do it. So I'm go. confident that uh, that Favreau will will uh, make Lightning Strike a third time. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't, you know, I, I think the break will, the break will make it good. They can sit and they can really tweak out the story. And I, I think in a way they've, they've established a formula when it comes to, you know, there, there's a kind of a formula that you're expecting with the Iron Man uh, movie, especially, you know, with some, uh, a character like Tony, mm-hmm. who is, so eccentric and so bizarre when it comes to, and almost kind of schizophrenic in the way he acts a lot of times. <laughs> where you know he seems completely level-headed, and then because of his his uh, obsessive-compulsive, he just becomes you know this different person. So I, th- I think you get a little bit more leeway with him because you know it's it's just not the same old you know downtrodden loser gets superpowers and's dealing with um, you know the fact that people love him as uh, whatever his alter ego is and. Um, you know, but it's st- he can't get his rent paid or something like
2: that. True, you know. So <laughs> Tony totally not to worry about money problems. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so he's to not, uh, he, mm, he's not a
2: straight night shift. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so to uh, to wrap things up, since you, Neil, you're our resident Iron Man expert. Um, out of the Tony Stark Rogues gallery, mm-hmm. who would you like to see for a third movie? Given the fact that you know. Most people still aren't familiar with Iron Man's rogues gallery, and uh, you know wouldn't know who that is. So basically, the question is: Who do you think would work with mass market appeal for people who don't know who the hell he is?
0: In terms of a, a villain,
1: a villain, yes.
0: Um, like I said, I, I I think Mandarin can be that one, and I you know the only thing they'd have to do is just deal with something with the rings instead of them being from alien origin. Mm-hmm. You know, just something else. Um, I think he would work um
1: what about the stereotypically asian appearance
0: oh but i th- I think that uh, that that brings us into the real world though too i mean it 's you know let 's be honest, there are corporate large corporate conglomerates that are asian owned and yeah. no, you no, no, know, no
1: i mean I mean the way he looks, looks the, oh. the very old style Asian stereotype oh
0: no 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 yeah you 'd have to update it i mean you, you would de- you but, you know, maybe too, he could be, he could be kind of the Asian Tony Stark, you know, his own type of guy. I mean, cause in a way, Tony Stark doesn't look like most, um, CEOs. You know, he's a little bit more dashing looking and all that than, you know, you're, you know, as we were talking about Justin Hammer, you know, that looks, he looks like a CEO. Yeah. You know, he looks like that type of guy. So, um, I've always said that. And I know
2: they would have a problem; they couldn't put Fing Fang Fu in it, but oh. you know, there was supposed to be like some kind of poster in this movie or some kind of billboard that has a picture of Fing Fang Fu on it. I was spo- I was looking for, it, but I didn't see it. There was supposed yeah. to be like some kind of nod to Iron Man fans, but um, here's an idea for the for the Mandarin. You can bring him back as um some kind of ultimate loan shark, come to America to collect um collect the money they've loaned to us.
3: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm,
2: just, I'm to... just talking. I'm just talking garbage. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, I mean I. I, Come to collect, America. It's
2: it's always been about
0: uh, it's always been about um, corporate espionage and Mm -hmm. corporate sabotage and stuff. So I I think keeping that in line would be good too. Um, I know. I I also believe that uh, even having the United States government as kind of the enemy, they're just like they were in Iron Man too. I mean, they were wanting this technology for themselves. I I think that that's that's um, that's a big thing, but. You know, you could have some things like Titanium Man and all this other stuff where you have these outworldly or these other nations doing, um, you know, their own versions of the suit, which we see in Iron Man too, where, you know, all the, they showed that short clip of all those countries trying to build their own suits. So, um, I think with Iron Man, you have the leeway of having the comic book, the actual comic book villain in there, but doing what they did with, Uh, whiplash you know maybe taking an amalgamation of a couple of different characters Mm -hmm. and creating something new out of it um because it you know to make it a little bit more believable so but another uh last question for you then but mandarin Uh, if if i could have anything because i always thought he was just such a great foil to tony stark you know just corporate wise and then on the plane you know in in battle it was just great
1: Given that we know nothing at all about uh, the Avengers movie, how do you think that um, Joss Whedon might make use of the Iron Man of you know Iron Man, and how would you like to see him make use of Iron Man? Well,
0: he's one of the original founding members in the comic, but since they're wanting to use him as a consultant, I think that that works a little bit better because, um, as you know, because I used to read Avengers and I still do from time to time. Uh, Iron Man's always been kind of. Back and forth with his membership with them, but in the end, he was always more used to them as a financial benefactor, more mm-hmm. than anything. And um, I, I, I think having having him in there will work, but maybe not as a you know as like a founding member. I I think Avengers is going to work because I always thought Thor would be a great um, uh, would be a great live action movie. I'm not a huge Thor fan when it comes to the comics. I read them period, you know, here and there, but um, I thought that would work well. Um, I, I believe, you know, capping in it, of course. Um, I'm interested in seeing how they put Henry Pym in there because he was one of the founding members. But I could see them having him more of like the the tech side, and I see this Avengers having more of a thing where you have the Avengers frontline people and the and the support people, where you might have characters that were like the frontline people, like a Henry Pym. And maybe like Wasp, you know, they were frontline people in the comics. But um, so maybe this way, they're a little bit more, they're you know, support people.
2: Is Ant-Man part of the uh, Avengers?
0: That's Henry Pym.
2: Henry Pym, okay, because they're making a movie. Edgar Wright got the um the job yeah. of um doing an Ant-Man well, movie in between now. He was now,
0: Ant-Man, then he became Yellow Jacket, yeah. and then he became something else, and he's back to Yellow Jacket now. There's an.
2: I think they're gonna incorporate that character in there then, yeah. because they're making a movie before the Avengers comes out for um. Henry Pym, then. So um, I just I, I think cool the,
0: I think the biggest thing with the Avengers movie is you're going to have to make it believable, in the fact of you know having it grounded in reality, with you know how we have things in the Iron Man universe, it's kind of grounded in reality, but we have these extraordinary things kind of happening with the suit and stuff. That's going to be the same thing with um, the Avengers, and who their first. Um, their first uh, villain's going to be. I doubt it's going to be Loki like it was in the comic book. Yeah. So um, I, I just wonder. Now, is Loki going to be in the Thor movie? Yes, you know? yes. Okay. He's been cast and yes. everything. He's, awesome. he's, he's
1: probably the heavy in that film.
0: As a man, not a woman, right?
1: Oh, I,
2: I, it's a dude that's playing him. That much yeah. I do know. Okay, that's
0: fine. And
1: the thing about uh, Tony being a consultant probably works better because you know you see the way Tony acts, and you know he's a guy who plays by his own rules, and yeah. he's his—he's used to being his own boss. So I think he would bristle a lot at having to play by somebody else's rules.
0: And I'll be honest with you, it might take just acting-wise. It may take from the movie if Robert Downey Jr. is in a lot, like it might just become Iron Man 2.0 or
1: whatever. 2.5, yeah. Oh, they will have to be used carefully because yeah. you know this is unprecedented. There's never been a su- a major superhero team up movie yeah. like so. If, if they're smart, they'll
2: divvy up the movie amongst them all. That way, they all get equal time, and then when the you know second and third act comes along where they all have to work together and whatnot, you know that that that's when you know you finally get to see the collaboration. Well, I'm not
0: even talking about that. I'm just talking about the. the Acting of of the of the people that they have involved. I mean, yeah. we all know and and see. The problem is that they're well, gonna,
1: when it comes to out acting, it's not going to take much effort for Robert Downey Jr. to out act Chris <laughs> Evans. Yeah, but
0: but but the thing but the thing about it is is you know we're all comfortable with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man as Tony oh, yeah. Stark. So you, going into this, you're going to have two movies. So it's going to be one of these things where you know it's about the Avengers. It's not Iron Man. So yeah. it's. That's the thing that I'm kind of, you know, interested you kinda, in seeing how they want to do.
1: They got to make sure they don't they don't uh make the mistake of like with the X-Men movies where basically they're Wolverine Wolverine movies Featuring the X-Men. Yeah. That's not to say that I didn't love the first two X-Men movies, because I love those movies. But, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, those movies are all about Wolverine to the exclusion of a lot of other people. And especially He's, the
2: second one. He drives I mean, the plot, basically, yeah. of, of both those, of all, all yeah. three of them.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that, but no. they kept doing it, Hell. you know, and the, to the third one. And then they gave him his own movie. So you just got to you just gotta play with your team the right way but i think if anyone could do it it would be joss whedon
2: yeah if 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 if, um wolverine was an avenger an official one, I wouldn't mind. He seeing, is an adventure. Is he really? I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing Hugh Jackman in this. Not that we're gonna get that because 'cause we're not. That
1: but, that, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen with uh, with Fox, Fox still around. But uh, Fox, you suck so hard. <laughs> with anything, at least with Joss Whedon in the writer's and director's chair, mm-hmm. you can be guaranteed that uh, Tony Snark. Tony and, Stark. And oh his yeah, th- snark. His yeah, his the Tony Snark. <laughs> th- <laughs> the Tony Snark level is gonna be uh, oh, okay. very high and and top quality. And yeah. the chicks
2: are gonna be even more badass. That's what damn sure it's a Josh Whedon joint. That too. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Ooh. When does that movie come out? Two thousand twelve. Yep. Okay.
1: mm just so in time we'll be for, to look out for all
2: those. Just in time for Batman 3. Oh,
1: oh, oh, man. And maybe Star Trek 2.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right, man. 2012 is going to be popping off, man. I can't wait.
1: If we're not all dead by then. Oh, you had to go and say it, they
0: Well, they're, damn they're, you. They're summer <laughs> movies, right? That doesn't happen until December Oh, yeah, of that's right, man. We still oh, got time. Oh, there you
1: go. That's, you know, I can, watch, I can watch those movies and die a happy man. Exactly. <laughs> we may not see DVD
2: releases, but we'll see them in the theaters.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. Maybe, maybe before the end of the world, we'll have even gotten another MacRox show by then. Oh, oh, and one in America. Oh, oh no! Oh, I'm, hey, I'm, now you're talking craziness. <laughs> the, the only, you know,
0: the only problem.
1: Stick to reality. Have you, have you lost all grip of reality, son? I'm
0: slipping. You, you know, you know, the only problem with that, we'll never get to see the end of unicorn.
1: Oh, you! Bet. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> maybe just barely. We'll get
0: we'll get to episode five and then because episode twelve will probably be or episode six will be released in uh, fall of two
1: thousand twelve. Maybe as just as the world is coming to an end to its to its twilight moments, you know, we can uh, we can have our pre torrent ready to watch. let <laughs> get the Blu ray so- in. The- <laughs>
0: I, I may be I, I may be vaporized, but my computer, if it survives, it'll still be downloading that.
1: As I'm
2: pulling the Blu-ray out the mailbox, Florida's sinking into the ocean. <laughs> I got it. What? <laughs> this is awesome. Ooh. Man, be
0: like an old boy in, uh old boy in Star Trek. Nice, king of the red shirts.
2: <laughs> this is awesome. Olson's god. Olson's gone. Olson's sir. Sir. So, gone. "Sobrose <laughs> gone."
1: Anyway, nice. uh, that wraps up our discussion of uh, Iron Man Two, and uh, we'll be right back here listening to Gundam at Mahq. Hey,
3: buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every Gun- damn word I have to say! Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the
1: finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you, at tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember... There is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Need a cake but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to epicsugarworks.com. It's epically delicious. Alright! Oh.
3: not this I have been having a very bad day! Just got out of jail this morning! Already I have been
2: shot at! I was on the bus and flipped over 17 times. Bitch tried to stab me in the bathroom, but somebody blew up my Porsche. I am in a bad <laughs> goddamn mood. Now I usually don't jump in when somebody's getting beat down, but this man Jack Cates is gonna help me straighten out the rest of my day. Now I suggest you all back up and let us go about our business.
3: Cause you got a gun?
2: No, because I have a gun and I'll pop a cap in your ass. Excelsior listeners Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ Episode 54, man We had a regular Stark Expo this episode As we talked about both Iron Man movies Can you believe that mess? We finally did it, man We're finally here, man I better stop talking We talked this. about the first one uh, What's that? We talked about the first one when we, it came out I'm just saying it's, it's it's finally in print, man It's no longer in limbo For the rest of time, man It's here they listen to it right we become now a
1: magazine? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. audio somebody nobody told me about this hey, what, man, we have a, a
2: format change when okay pe- when people fi- finish f- cut fi- finish filming a scene man cut and print man That's there we go we, are we filming a scene we're recording man okay. it's process. <laughs> well then F y'all we're cutting a track <laughs> that's what they say in those things. well then we, we are we're cutting a track there you go and we it was all about tony for the last couple of hours and um we went over uh, his exploits in both movies, and um, before we close out, uh, any, uh, any 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 um, last words at all? Yeah, I want to give a big devil
0: horn salute to Ronnie James Dio. Ooh. As he, the recording of this is a week ago. He died. I know he's flying on some dragon up to heaven oh, right yeah. now. dude. But anyone that knows about him is the, um, you know, he's the he's the singer that replaced Ozzy on Black Sabbath, and mm-hmm. of course he had, um, you know, his own band for a while and had some great. Anyone that likes metal, and I know there's a lot of guys that listen to us that probably do, but mm-hmm. um, if you haven't, check him out. I mean, like Holy Diver, you got to hear that album. Awesome. Hell so yeah, man. So a big uh, Pegasus salute and witches and warlocks to uh, Ronnie James Dio. I just got to say, the world, man, because
2: <laughs> he was one of the he's one he's the inspiration for the, one of the greatest manga villains ever, man.
0: Yeah, but he was much
2: cooler than that. Guy. Dio Brando, man. Much, much cooler than that. Guy. Dio tried, man. He tried. He tried. So. But Ronnie James, peace out, man. Rest in peace. But um anything else? No, hopefully
0: uh Iron Man can actually be posted. Maybe. It doesn't <laughs> find some hiccup along the way. It'll make it,
1: I promise y'all. <laughs> Chris? I don't have a damn thing to say to anyone. You don't well, want
0: to thank
2: you don't want to thank all the trolls that you're back and feeling ma'am. well rested and Oh, I missed them so much. There. well Chris it's good to have you back older wiser and I have something to say to you happy belated birthday dude man welcome back dude that's I'm, I'm sorry you were you were gone during your birthday but I'm glad you enjoyed it I'm sure he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you had a hell of a time on your birthday. Oh, he so missed us during that, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so much. I'm so happy to be back here. You can't believe it. Oh. Hey, did the
0: trolls, did they vandalize the Straight Talk Express, or did you lock it up in a garage while you were gone?
1: <laughs> I had, I had uh, to lock it up so that McCain couldn't get it, because now that he's, he's in a primary <laughs> Oh, he needs it so again. Christ. He, he wants to be all Straight Talk again. Hey, oh, give oh, this oh. back to me, please. Come on, come on. <laughs> Got
2: to keep it hidden. I'm a man. maverick.
0: I'm a, a maverick. To... No, wait,
1: I'm not. I never said I was a maverick. Don't call me a maverick. Who Pump- said doesn't matter. They're liars. Liars. I'm not a maverick.
0: From one ma- maverick to the other, give a maverick a chance. Come on. Well, damn. Keep it. Keep, I said, keep, keep I said it. No thanks. <laughs>
1: keep it underground. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the straight talk express, I guess, is in hiding for the time being. <laughs> it's in
1: my secret. It's in my secret layer. In well, the MHU
2: cave. <laughs> <laughs> the secret layer that
0: we, you just told everybody about. Pretty much. There you go. It's off of. Uh, it's off of uh, 12th Street and, and Pine. <laughs> <laughs> in a building that looks like an old garage
2: damn you man, you just tell everybody our oh, trade man. secrets <laughs> but um if, they have, if, if nobody has anything else I have a few things really quick um, I want to say sorry that we slept on um, our friend Red Comet 90 at the uh, MechaTalk.net boards he suggested the favorite fights in Gundam segment that we did back in episode 53 oh, okay. I want to give you props my friend also Memorial Day is coming up and I just want to give a uh, I just want to Give my um, respect over to uh, all the soldiers that have fallen throughout all the wars throughout the years. And all the all soldiers that are serving now, as well as those who have served. Um, happy Memorial Day, you guys. And um, other than that, I have something that is in the flavor of this episode here. Um, earlier on Twitter and Facebook, I put up a Gundam sound off. What you mean? Scotch? Scotch flavor? <laughs> scotch flavored indeed, man, because of who's involved. Um, I put up a question. Samus Aran versus Iron Man. Who had win at their most powerful? And on Facebook, uh, Alex Catchpole wrote, I think they'd both just end up in bed. Tony Stark is just that smooth. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clay Coulter would went- get her down to the zero armor. They <laughs> have his way. <laughs> He'd admire her technology. <laughs> yeah, Clay Coulter said same as Randall we're, we're being said Tony and Justin Roy, he went with the ultimate answer. How are the Mason? I guess somehow he'd be involved. I don't know how, though. On um, Twitter, however, there were a few more answers. Alex Benson, otherwise known as Snoops on the um, Mechatalk.net board, said, Damn, I'm back in Samus. She's hotter. Our friend uh, Jabman025 said, Depends on just how drunk Tony Stark is. Boy, <laughs> he might get drunk in deck. He might. (laughs) Whiskey dick um, of Tony Stark. But um, RG Phyllis said, same as hands down. Foul Sorceress went on to say, gotta go with my man, Tony Stark. Zanshi is in the corner of Samus saying, same as Iran, because she doesn't need a hot secretary. Oh. Oh damn, Pepper! I'm sorry. Um, our friend from uh, the uh, Reverse Thieves podcast, uh, Hisui Hisui RT, went on to say, "I'm going to say Same As Iran because she has a spaceship." Uh, Rami Coon says, "Iron Man. All Tony Stark needs to do is constantly update his armor to fight her. He's screwed, but he's screwed when he com- when it comes to the morph ball." And um, last but not least, Man Miles goes on to say. Um, same as person Iron Man, the answer is the viewing audience.
1: <laughs> hey, Iron Man ripped off the dendrobium. I'm sure he could do the Morph Ball. He sure yeah. can. <laughs> There's nothing
2: Tony Stark's mind can't do. He can't, exactly. can't produce. But um, I just want to give a few props real quick. Uh, Jabman025, he has a YouTube channel. Um, and it's just as you're thinking youtube.com jabman 025 he just recently put up uh, a review of the master grade mg gun tank oh and, oh. oh and um, he it better looks, rated it very highly he did man he did awesome. um, matter of fact there's a special guest from there's a special guest from gundam that makes a surprise appearance in there you have to watch to find out but um yeah check out his channel at youtube.com jabman 025 and um, check out all his reviews for the gun plot he's reviewed um, also our friends at the Reverse Thieves podcast They're a blog duet With Hisui And Narutaki They're huge fans Of mecha and anime And they're also Big fans of Legend of the Galactic Heroes and um the greatest homoerotic show ever. There you go. There you go. They don't they don't stop at There's all. There's nothing gay about Lads with a Galactic
0: Heroes, even though you feel a little filthy after each episode. <laughs> no, just kidding.
2: They've got a blog and a podcast, and they, they mention us a lot um on Twitter and every time we put up a posting of an episode they retweeted. Are these good mentions or is this or is this like, no, uh, they're, they're great like 4chan where it's no. like these guys should die? It's the opposite of 4chan. Oh my god, there is actually such a thing? I know, man, it blows the mind. But they're awesome. People, They've got a podcast called The Speakeasy, which can be found at their website also. Their website is uh and um, check out their blog, podcast, and more from up there. They're really awesome cats. Um, last but not least, I was uh, recently on the Solar Radio Wave podcast. Uh, possibly by the time this episode goes up, uh, episode 13 of that podcast will be up, too. I was on that episode with uh, the host, Dollar Relance. He, um, we talked about podcasting, uh, the one-year war and Lunar 2 Eternal Blue, amongst other things. Um, Also, his podcast is collaborating with the creators of Mobile Suit Gundam Gunner Gutter Ren Studios, and Dalo is currently producing Pat Labor, the Abridged Files movie podcast. And um, his podcast is pretty much centered around video games, anime, and all sorts of other otaku fandom. And if you want to check it out, and I by all means suggest so, um, go to solarradiowavepodcast.blogspot.com. For a review of all these links you heard today, check out all the liner notes of this episode at Gundam.net, and um, also repeat um, the website at mahq.net, the all-new Mecha and Anime Headquarters where changes are implementing as we speak, and um, also mechatalk.net, the official forum for uh, MAHQ and you'll find uh, Gundam's form there as well you can find us on Facebook MySpaceSpill.com and other websites and you can find episodes of our show posted on iTunes and Zoom. and you can reach us by email by going to MAHQ, uh, I'm sorry Gundam, Mahq at gmail.com and finally peep our tweets at twitter.com slash MAHQDOTNET and, um, and buy stuff from Petco
0: and GoDaddy there you go immediately man. Please do, man. After you, after you hear this.
2: Those guys got bad deals. By early deals. and by often. <laughs> yes. You can find the well, links. Especially to- for the pet stuff. If you got a pet, that's a pretty good deal. So. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you looking to find out what deals they are, just go over to Gundam.net and click on the Petco link over on the right-hand side. And also the GoDaddy link if you're going to pick up a, uh, a URL for your website.
0: IHateChrisGuanche.com There you go,
2: man. Strive high. Is that taken?
1: <laughs> do you know that, Chris? I don't know. Uh, possibly because I, I had a troll um, recently on MHQ, who uh, took to uh, creating such wonderful names to register with with his multiple <laughs> accounts like um, Chris is gay at hotmail.com, <laughs> and Chris is a fag at hotmail.com. <laughs>
0: Damn, that's hilarious. If people take time for that,
1: <laughs> hilarious and sad. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that guy's gone and registered that. You'd have to ask him.
0: Well, nice. if he if he needs to, just go to GoDaddy. They have some great deals on web hosting I'm, and stuff. I'll be sure so. to tell him that the next time.
1: <laughs> the next time I communicate with him,
2: turn lemons into lemonade. <laughs> Oh, man. But, um, anything else you guys have to add at all? Nope. Nope. Well, we'll see you guys on the next episode of Gundam at MAHQ.
3: Jody Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel. As Iron Man, all jets of blaze, he's fighting and smiting with retoucher rays. Amazing armor! A blazing
0: bomber! Come down at MHQ's Shinjuku Station in MHQ production.
3: Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's it's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Duck tales. Woo hoo!